Hello everyone, this is Kerry. This episode is once again brought to you by the Upset Picks. If you're looking to make sports betting a bigger part of your portfolio, visit our website, theupsetpicks.com. We have packages to suit every type of better, from beginner to pro. And make sure you check out our daily Chasing the Dog videos on YouTube, where we give you our top dogs of the day. Don't forget to give us thumbs up and hit subscribe. Now, are you ready for some wit, whiskey, and wisdom? Grab a drink, sit back, and listen to us go all over the place. Andrew, Carrie, and Chris. All over the place. Wit, whiskey, and wisdom. <laughs> disinformation. We should tell the uh, the disinformation board. Oh wait, they're gone already. They are gone. All right, they got disinformed. This must have met my wife. <laughs> when I ha- when I think I have a good idea, I'll be like, <laughs> be like, I got this great idea, and then I'll look over and be like, I don't have this great idea anymore. That's not a good idea. People be like, why don't you can do this thing? I was like, not anymore. I was, but it was stupid. <laughs> All right, we're back. <laughs> Episode 15. Yes, we are. Welcome back, everybody. Hello. Hello. Welcome back to Primetime in the Morning. Primetime. <laughs> Primetime in the Morning in the evening. That's but us. some people are going to be driving to work listening. That's a good point. We've just covered an, an entire day, the morning and the evening. Wait a minute. Did they hear my age? Yes. No. Did they? <laughs> oh, that's all in But I can. Chris I can, does I that. Can, I can make sure that that kid does not <laughs> he'll be it. like, okay, he'll be like, okay, so we're going to talk about some rules of what we can't say. Let me turn this on real quick. <laughs> what's going to happen is, is it's going to be talking, it'll be Pietra talking, talking, then you hear my voice go, 19, and I'll, I'll just dub it in. <laughs> she's really young to be a counselor, but she's really good. <laughs> so we just explained that joke for everybody that's like, what was that? <laughs> All right, so welcome. Uh, our special guest is Pietro Wilson, and, and the story behind this is we decided that we want to do a show on mental health, uh, focusing uh, specifically on suicide, but none of us knew a counselor. Well, that's not true. My daughter, Rachel's a counselor, but she's in Atlanta about to give birth, so that was not going to happen. Yeah, she's not going to, that's not going to happen. Quitter. <laughs> you could have, I mean, it's only a, it's a, it's a small hop, you can go right soon. back. Said too soon, sorry. So, so I went up to uh, the Wishing Well which is a counseling center. There's an office here in Suffolk and one in Chesapeake. And I talked to a very nice lady at the reception desk who graciously took my information and I gave her a brief explanation to what we want to do. And she graciously, I don't want to find out her name. You can thank her for us. Uh, she sent out an email to everybody and it was the next day I got a text from Piatra. <coughs> she was all over it. So thank you very much for joining us this evening. Welcome, welcome. Absolutely. And I tell you, Thanks was, for having me. There was no hesitation on your part. It doesn't sound like it. There was no hesitation on your part. So that's a wonderful thing. Um, any news, folks? Any news? Anything uh, we need to catch up on? Where do you want to go? I don't know. I mean, yeah, where, where do you want to start? Right, well, so so there's shout outs. Uh, oh, shout outs. Okay, go. I'm going to go. First of all, for my daughter, Abby, for graduating. Congratulations. Hey, Abby, congratulations. Congratulations. Well, well you, done. When you come home, we'll have you on the show. You already know that. Um, my daughter Rachel about to give birth. Congratulations. Congratulations, Nacho. Yeah, Rachel. Get some sleep now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We'll get it later. Um, Julie's down there uh, helping take care of things. So Yay. good on them. My daughter Sarah, she just finished her first year of teaching. Discovering how difficult 
and unheralded that job is. What age, what, what grade High school. She she's teaching. Oh, oh. She saw, went yeah. right into the She jumped the in, and, and I tell you what, it was not easy, but she, she, she got through and she did a good job. So. Mm. My sister-in-law just graduated with her master's in teaching and history. History, history, yeah. History, yeah. yeah. She's yeah. a science teacher now, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. That's exactly <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's the <laughs> story. Believe it or that's not. There you go. Story. Hey, you can teach, can't you? Yeah, I'm a history major. Okay, you're going to teach science. Oh, what? <laughs> Perfect. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Anybody else? Shout-outs? Anybody? I, I, there's... I, no, no, Pietro, there's a lot. Come on, but shout out to the kids or something. Absolutely, shout out to the kids. So my son, he is going to ninth grade, <gasps> but ding, 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 he'll be starting at TCC in the fall. Oh, wow, you're a smart kid. That's that, awesome. Do enrollment. Yes. Nice. Oh my. Yes. Wow. Congratulations, dude. That's awesome. That is Absolutely. very awesome. You don't want to know what I was doing in ninth grade. Yeah, not that. Anything Absolutely. about that? Yeah, and that's awesome though. My daughter, shout out to her. She is doing her art thing, so she's trying to open up an art gallery. How old is she? Oh. Eight. Oh, it's amazing. Girl. So my daughter, Rachel, we talked about, uh, graduated the BS, no, BA in art, and went on to get her master's in art therapy. Ah, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So anybody who thinks that art is, first of all, you need art. You need beauty in the world. Art is beauty. Absolutely. Uh, and then to yeah, be in able some to, cases. That's true. And then, you know, to take that and turn that into to counseling to help people is fantastic as well. Uh, Andrew, anything? No. <laughs> no. Actually, yeah, I, I do want to put a positive spin on the beginning of this. So I own, or I, with a group, and we control several restaurants. And for the sake of, you know, not being sued, we won't say what they are. Correct. But, I, you know, I complain about young people all the time and their lack of work ethic. This week, I've hired five people in the 15, 16 range who have all come in with the determination of, like, hey, I need a job, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm willing to work hard, I'm willing to be on time, and I'll do pretty much whatever you want me to do. And I was like, how many hours do you want? They go, how many hours can I have? It's like, cool. Really? So it was a nice... That you know, is night and day from what we've heard from you in the past. Yeah, it was, it was a nice week as far as like hiring yeah. people. You know. Our six regular listeners are going to be happy to hear that. Yeah, so and the one guy in Ukraine. <laughs> we'll be excited to hear that Do as well. Well, we have a listener in Ukraine and in British Columbia. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I'll yeah. be excited to hear that. I'll be excited to hear that. We'll go, America's back on track because Andrew's <laughs> hired some quality okay. young people. Several though, it didn't. It wasn't just one. Which you know, you every now and again you get like one perfect. Yeah, so it's not a unicorn. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was like five. Nice. That's pretty cool. That's yeah. very cool. So very cool. Um, we've got two choices. Well, several choices, but we've got a. We've got a. Scotch and the Ford 10. Oh, we've got the Redemption High Rye. So, bourbon. So, what are we going to start with? Redemption, because of my cool story. Okay. Redemption. Let you do the honors. You can get the, see if you can get the pop. You're good at that. I don't know about that. Come on, man. Okay, so what is Wishing Well? <laughs> you totally missed that. Message. Yes. Totally destroyed it. Got it. It's all good. I'll get you back later. All right. What is Wishing Well? Let's talk Wishing Well. So yes. Wishing Well is a counseling center. We have two locations, one in Suffolk downtown and one in Chesapeake off of Taylor Road. Okay. You can find us um, on wishingwell.com, wishingwellcounselingcenter.com. All of the therapist's profiles between both offices are on the website, and you can look through and select whatever your flavor is. And, and so this is, I mean, do you do, it's adult counseling, children, family counseling? How's that? Everything. Oh, is that right? It's that Everything. big deal. Okay, gotcha. So we have a wide range of therapists. We do have art therapists. We have play therapists. Oh. Yep. 
So when I uh, was talking to Piatra, she said, "Well, you know, check my profile just to make sure, just to make sure." So I, I went to Facebook and Instagram, couldn't find her. That's what she was talking about. She's talking about her wishing well oh. profile, and you know, I read through it and it was, it was fascinating. Um, so that's something I think someplace we want to start is, is tell us your story. How you know, there you were born and now you're a counselor. There's something happened in between. I'm pretty sure. So. When she I blinked. was born, my was parents, cool. they were kind of drunk, and so they... No, I'm just... Oh, <laughs> we went deep for about two and a half seconds. It was New Year's. Yeah, exactly. I wish everyone could Chicago. see you guys' yeah. faces. Where, where are we going here? Like, holy cow. All right. I'm going to start writing this down. All right. Carrie, you can take notes because you can't read my handwriting. Got it. And Chris tries to, like, structure sentences. He can't, he can't take notes. It'll, yeah, it'll be, take too long. <laughs> All right, there you were, being born. Yeah, so um, I decided that I wanted to be a helper when I was actually in third grade. Oh, wow. I said, I want to be a lady doctor. And I wrote this essay about being a lady doctor that helps people. Now, fast forward, here we are. Oh. I'm a lady who helps people. Not a doctor yet, but that's coming. Right? So I uh, <laughs> decided that I wanted to go to Diller. Dillard University in New Orleans. So I had my class schedule, my first roommate, biology major. I was going to do it. And I looked at my dad and I said, I don't want to do this. Whoa. And I had a full ride. Whoa. And he said, what do you mean? I said, something's missing. You know, it's something else out there. I just, I want to get away. Go away. I want to be in the Navy. Oh, God. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) So... (laughs) I went to the Navy. Stop the madness. (laughs) Did 14 years there. I actually started counseling there. You know, they have like the SAPER, the sexual assault, and Mm -hmm. then they have like the drug uh, addiction program. I'm sure they've changed the name. But basically I started there. And it seemed that it was very natural for people to just come up to me and tell me their life story. Like, hey, Pietra. Or they'll say, hey, Wilson, what about this? Is that because they couldn't pronounce Piatra? <laughs> Was that not the first thing I asked you when we got on the phone? Well, it's, it's usually a Navy custom is. Oh, okay, gotcha. Oh, we call people by their last name. So here's how unmilitary I am. Yeah. It's like, did you carry around a, a volleyball? Like, what, what are we doing? Wilson. <laughs> Wilson. 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 <laughs> Castaway reference. Uh, so, I'm sorry. How long? You did 14 I years? I did 14 years. Okay, good on you. Yeah. All right. And then... Why only 14, though? Because most people say when you, if you're going to do past 12, you might as well just push to 20 and retire. Isn't that what you did? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> that, that, is, that is the case. However, I did have a backup plan. I finished uh, two degrees while I was in. Okay. So, in what? In what? So I got... The Navy. One degree. <laughs> it's it's going to be like this all in night. Criminal yeah, justice. In criminal justice. In the Navy. <laughs> Okay. And then I switched over to psychology, my bachelor's in psychology. Wow. So, yeah. Fascinating. One With a concentration in family therapy. Okay. Okay. And right. then I started my master's program while I was still in before I got out. And I said, you know what? I could do this. Let's, why not? You know, the uniform mentally didn't fit anymore. Um, my benefit to sacrifice ratio for me changed. Mm. You know, I, my, my benefit was no longer worth the sacrifice so was the family along at that point or were you still kind yes. of so I did have both the kids at that right. point yeah. uh, I was married by that point so it's like yeah let's let's yeah. do this thing so as a counselor do you get attached in the Navy do you get attached to a ship or are you more 
on the shore, like shore commands all the time. So I wasn't a counselor, air, air quotes, counselor, counselor. I just assisted with their different programs. Okay, right. so DAPA program and, uh, and a couple others. Which is basically wading into the shallow end of right. counseling. Yeah. You know, you're not a counselor, but you're doing certain aspects right. of it. Yeah. Right. Sure, yeah. yeah. You ever listen to somebody talk and just feel like, well, I'm so not qualified. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't, yeah, that, that I haven't done anything with my life. That just happened. Yeah, yeah that's exactly that's right. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm sitting here going, I woke up today. <laughs> I was able to put both my shoes on. By yourself? No. Oh, we're so close. <laughs> I have to pre-tie them. So what's the master's in? The master's is in marriage and family therapy. Oh, okay, gotcha. Boy. Yeah. Nice progression. Mm. All right, so you get out with your master's started. Were you stationed here in, in the Hampton Roads area? I was, yes. Okay, so you'd get out, throw the anchor down. Yep, absolutely. Finish the mm-hmm. master's degree? I did. I finished the master's okay, degree. Okay, and when did you start working as a counselor? Let's see. We had to do this long residency program, yeah. so probably about 2016. So does that, is that the licensure process? We have to do so many hours to get... So before that part, you have to do so many hours for school to graduate. And then you start the whole state process. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Very long process. Yeah, I kind of know that from what Rachel went through. Mm. First working in Florida, then Georgia. So that's why I was trying to figure out. All right, so 2016, you jump in. Did you go straight to Wishing Well? I did not. I started at Christian Psychotherapy Center. Well, once was Christian Psychotherapy Center Mm -hmm. before they closed down in Virginia Beach. Did my residency there. And then I went to, I decided that I want to go back into the Navy, DOD, civilian side, Mm -hmm. and, you know, just to stack some money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I left again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I realized my true calling (laughs) was... Nowhere near the Navy. Navy. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. Interesting. Oh, and I been, found wishing well. Nice. From what I've been told, the Navy's changed a lot, though. I mean, it's. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. As far as like the mental toughness that people have, and just the the brand that is the Navy is not the same. So I'd imagine that when you went back, you were like, mm, I don't want to do this. Absolutely not. Interesting. So that's part of, I guess, what tonight's discussion will get into is. I mean, mental toughness in a way. I know that the Army is having a hard time filling quotas because they're finding recruits not qualified. Physically, essentially, is the big one. But there's a mental component to it as well. So, I mean, we're seeing more and more of this. I mean, we're kind of in that. We talk, to, we talk about it from time to time. Um, hard times make hard people... Hard people make easy times. Easy people make hard times. Easy times make... Like, you know, it just goes in in a bit of a cycle. Yeah, it's vicious. So so we're kind of in that, like, times were easy, so we made easy people. Now we're kind of in that... Mm. We're harvesting those particular fruits. So these are all kind of anecdotal, right? These are just kind of our experiences. But um, one of the things that... So I think we brought it up the last episode recently, uh, the suicides on... um, George Washington, USS George Washington. Up to seven now. Right. So these guys are in the yards. They're going through their overhaul, and uh, the, the 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 brass realizes that there's a spike in the number of suicides that are happening on board the sh- on the ship, and so they're trying to figure out what that is all about. A couple of friends I was talking to yesterday, um, 
one guy kind of said, hey, you know, the, one, the Navy's different. Your experience in the Navy, your your kind of, you know, generational not fallback, there. not what's necessarily yeah. happening now. Yeah. Right, right. Two, culturally, there's a little bit of shift in the sense of, um, you know, it was this this communication, this one-on-one communication thing to you, not, not nothing strange. There's a new generation that really is kind of screen kids, right? They grew up with the... the laptop and the right. and the cell phone and this linkage this friendship thing is not necessarily as easy for them as it was for you and that engenders a sense of loneliness um if they don't find it on board ship for example well so, do we want to put the onus on the navy and the where where they're they're at fault just to be full picture in the yards supposed to be there for seven months if you're e4 and below you're required to live on the ship but if you're in the yards they put you in houses houseboats but they're past their seven months so they say you've got to come out of these houses and go to the ship well the ship's in total overhaul so it doesn't have air heat galley and so there's there's stories of guys living in their cars and freezing in you know the winter and the military doesn't do anything about it and so that does play a part. I'm I'm not an expert in it. I just yeah. you know I don't want to. There I'm we're gonna get into the conversation. There is gonna be some mental issues, but some of that is just like, you know, if you're already kind of on that border between mentally tough and mentally weak, and like you're right there, and you experience that for a long enough period of time, you just dip below that bar. You know what I'm saying? So, I hear what you're saying. Um, I and I think so. You're referring probably to the Virginia Pilot article, right? Because sure. I think I, I, my bent is that, well, first of all, for anyone who's listening, I do not take the pilot. Um, I, I also think that article was a little one-sided. I'm not quite sure that we got, we got the full story there. Um, secondly, I, I believe that at least, and again, it's tough because I'm painting it against my experience, which is now dated, right? right. I mean, I'm talking, you know, 2006, 2007 is when I got out. So it's, you know, I'm ancient. Um, but, that. but the, the requirements that they were talking about, you know, I, I wanted to be controlling aircraft or I wanted to be, you know, shooting off, uh, missiles, but I'm sitting here firewatch holding a, uh, a, you know, a fire extinguisher for eight hours. Well, you know what? Those are duties that have to happen. Yeah. Um, and, and there's a, there's a sense of, I don't know if there was buyer's remorse, but there's a bit of, hey, I, I didn't sign up for this. Well, yeah, you did. You signed up for, for a period of time and the willingness to do anything I told you to do because it had to get done in order to get the ship out of this yard. So. Well, I, I see, I mean, on my level, but I, I feel like it's across the board. People have this idea of, like, I'm going to sign a contract for whatever it is. I'm going to get a job. And then when you tell them, like, this is the requirement for the job, they go, I don't want to do that. It's like, you signed on for this job. Right. Regardless of what it says, you signed on for it. Right. Especially in the, you know what I mean, in the military, at least from my understanding, you do a certain amount of time, you get benefits, like the post-9-11 GI Bill, yeah. all that stuff. So yeah. you're not even, it's not even like, like with us, it's like, well, didn't you just quit? You leave, dude. But like to them, it's like, but there's a light at the end of the tunnel. You're doing all this for something. Right. You got your degree or you got your whatever. So I don't, I've never understood that as far as like, you want me to, you know, hey, you want me to mop floors for a year, but I get to go to college for free. I'll mop floors for a year. Yeah. You know, yeah. that kind yeah. of mindset. Um, so kind of interested in, I am at least, in, in okay. your perspective on, particularly on GW, I mean, uh, it didn't, it didn't, ha- I, I went through my Navy career and never 
um, never experienced an onboard uh, suicide incident. I had to wait to go to sure duty um, for that to sadly occur. Um, so I don't, I don't really get it because I, re- I remember thinking, particularly in the yards, I was so busy. I recall not knowing what the sun looked like. Yeah. Always in engineering, always below deck and, and doing stuff. And there was just no time. It was a, it was yeah. a schedule that we were driving to. Right. Clearly, things are different now. Yeah. So with my particular experience, um, I did experience suicide on board two different ships. So I'm not going to say any names because I really don't yeah. know if that's you know yeah. legal or whatever. And I also want to respect the families of those individuals. However, it was very detrimental mentally to the rest of the sailors. But let's talk about what caused the suicide itself, right? Yeah. So the thing that caused the suicide was the person reaching out for help when they felt that they didn't have any help. And this was with help in terms of the working environment itself. So let's talk about those working conditions. Depending on where you're stationed, what your job is, like you said, you could be tasked to be, you know, playing Cinderella for an hour or pretending to pretend. Let's mm-hmm. talk about that part. Okay. You know, when you have big wigs come on the ship and they're like, hey, you know, everybody let's clean. Well, we just did a field day <laughs> when we got on the ship. Why are we doing it again? Well, you're doing it because I say so. And so you're pretending to clean up while these, you know, people, these this these brass, you know, big wigs are walking through the P ways and you know, you're just playing Cinderella. You're acting like you're cleaning something, right? We did plenty of that. Yeah. yeah. But you're not actually using your mind mm-hmm. because it's it's basically like you're you're wasting time. So you say, Oh, I, I want to join the Navy to be an engineer, right? And so you're thinking, oh, because of the description that they give you at the beginning, you're going to learn about engineering stuff if you want to do mechanical engineering. You're gonna learn about, you know, the diesels and you know the main engines or whatever. I was in engineering first, so I got you. <laughs> got it. But then, you know, you you get to a place where they're asking you to do, you know, all of these other things and it has nothing to do with engineering. Mm-hmm. So you're not learning anything. So then the mind is it's just wasting away. You're wasting time. And then you realize at one point it's it's like you just wake up and you know, you figure out well, what, what am I doing? What, what am I really here for? What are we going out to see again for? Why You said we were going home. I thought I was going to see my family. Now I'm stuck here again. So we talk about those deployments. Um, one particular individual, his thing was the working environment. The other individual was the deployments, the length of the deployment. Mm-hmm. If you say to your family, I love you and I'm going to see you in six to seven months, that's expected, right? Because you're just joining, so you don't really know the culture of the military in general, right? And then you get a call or, you know, you get notified later on, you have this captain's call or whatever, and everybody says, hey, you know, I heard this. So it's this whisper, you know, going around, this buzz going around the ship. And then finally they say, oh, yeah, it's true. You know, they confirm we're staying out, but we don't know when we're going back, you know, and it's that uncertainty. And it's like, well, I left all of this behind. You know, what about maybe you only planned for six months? You know, you're talking about kids and you're you're losing a lot of time. But again, you're not utilizing your brain. It's the most powerful thing. So I think, um, I, yeah, so either way, if, if someone uh, commits suicide, obviously, I agree with you, the ripple effects are amazing. And the the... The negative impact, particularly to a crew, a team that's been working them together, has got to be, you know, it's beyond words. Um, 
but I can't help it. And, and I, I get the long deployments, but a lot of a lot of the the, the Cinderella type stuff. We've been doing that for you know I don't know four hundred years at sea. Um, right. You know you got you got sailors uh, scrubbing with with stone and and you know swabbing and painting and doing this stuff that's garbage. And then at some point in time, no kidding though. Um, and if this is this, I guess this may not be happening. No, you really do go and do your craft. So beyond the paint and the bulkhead to make it look pretty, uh, you're also down in engineering learning on those diesels and those engines. And if that's not occurring, I, I suppose there's a, I suppose there's a feeling of, um, hey, this isn't what I signed up for. But even in that, the way that we would, I hope, respond to that would be in trying to affect change instead of internalizing it to the point, I guess internalizing it might be the right term, I don't mm-hmm. even know, yep. to the point that you feel this despair. And I don't, it's, it's such a foreign thing to me that I really am struggling for words to kind of express. Um, yeah, but I would submit that, I mean, you're a talker. You're, you, you shake hands and talk to people and communicate with people. And nowadays you can't get somebody to shake your hand, let alone say hello, let alone like that. Not being raised in that mindset of communicating with people, I mean, we talked about it before. There is a certain I can shake somebody's hand and I can instantly know like something's wrong. Like I mean, I mean, I've done it with Chris. Like the way that he'll text me something, I'm like, mm, something's because <laughs> because we talk because we know you know what I mean. Right. But now right. people just don't. Now they use instead of like paragraphs in their text, it's one letter. It's whatever. It's they don't call each other. They don't. You know what I'm saying? So people don't talk to anybody until it's way too late. So you're so far down the black hole that there's no coming out. Right. Yeah. So <clears throat> we have opened up the proverbial can of worms here and good job Pietro doing that for us. The uh, utilizing the brain I think is oh my gosh. Is this it's my son's computer. What the heck am I going to do here? I feel like a I feel like a grandfather. Stop texting. Oh, wait, I'm a grandfather. Um or almost a grandfather. So it seems to me that part of that, or the, maybe the biggest part of that, is that feeling of worth, self-worth. Um, and I'm, I'm tying that, now that I think about it, to this, what I wrote down is the, the tension between duty and desire, or duty in the culture that I'm used to. You know, Carrie, you and I, late in our careers, the technology gave us the ability to connect nearly instantaneously. Mm-hmm. But when I started, and I would deploy... I mean, there was nothing. If I could find a hotel phone, maybe, pay phone, maybe. Otherwise, it was nothing. No communications. And in a sense, that kind of made things easier on my end, on the deployed end. Mm -hmm. Because, all right, well, I can't, a lot of times I couldn't say anything anyway, but I don't have to worry about that because I can't do it. Now, you can't hear about the problems at home. Well, there's that. That's exactly right. right. So now, my understanding on the boats that I mean, internet that's Chris's word for boats, yeah. The boat, <laughs> so the uh, there's, there's internet, you know, nearly not only say instantaneous because I don't know, but frequent communication, yeah. In which you know, if things aren't going well back home, yeah, that is, is you know, yeah, it's following absolutely it's very, very obvious, yeah. Tie in, so that's a stressor, tie into that. The if I'm don't feel that I have that self-worth or the worth that I, you know, it's not what I'm 
thought I was going to be doing right. or what I want right. to be doing. Um, I can see how that would pile up, especially in today's culture. That's probably something we have to start unwrapping here is how does today's culture almost seem to amplify those issues to the point where someone feels that suicide is the appropriate answer. And show over. Thank you very much. For <laughs> uh, it's, it's deep, and it's absolutely. Um, so my, again, the problem for me is that uh, I don't, I, I don't understand it, and I, and I don't have the opportunity necessarily to engage with someone that that is at the brink but hasn't stepped over the line, right? Right. Um, I recall the, the the Navy drive, at least for leadership, to be "quote unquote" intrusive. Do you remember intrusive management, yep. right? It's, yep. it's, intrusive sounds it is what it is. You know? <laughs> you, you're getting deep into someone's knickers, you know. How's your, so? One of my best, one of my, you know, learned um, uh, tricks was always to kind of determine, talk to people, and then determine sleep. Like, are you getting enough sleep? Are you get, you know, how's how's that turning out? And then it was at least a quick measure of, hey, well, maybe there's something there that I need to I need to dig into and see what's going on, right? Um, I don't know if that's happening for young sailors now. I can't imagine that we've peeled back from that, right? So, so to your point, Andrew, does the Navy deserve some responsibility for what's going on in these sailors? Yeah, that's Navy tradition. It happened on your watch. Congratulations. You own it, right? Um, how do we fix it? I don't. I don't know. This is one of those problems that. Uh, so we're not. We're not used to the numbers that we're seeing, at least uh, coming out of the recent news, right? <clears throat> not quite sure what the numbers looked like before. And you're uh, talking navy wide or service wide. Well, uh, I could only talk navy. Okay, I don't, just, I don't know just what, wondered. What I mean, what's happening? And I, it's yeah. like you said, army's having issues. I, I don't know if the numbers are ticking up for air force or I don't know either. I'll, I'll, They've got comfy chairs. They're fine. <laughs> It's all about choices. You make choices. <laughs> so I chose comfort I, chairs. I can kind of. So my best friend, uh, growing up, and he's never going to listen to this, so I can talk freely about it. But he, his family gave him everything. Like I, I, because no, I've worked hard for everything I have, and I have since I was like fourteen. I mean, I had a lawnmower business when I was like fourteen. He had everything. He got his first car when he wrecked his first car. His parents bought him a better, brand new car. His parents paid for everything. Paid for college, yada yada. He joins the navy. Joins, he's super smart, so he goes into Nuke Power, and then he goes to Nuke Power School, and they, every time I talked to him, he was like, this is ridiculous, I can't do this, I can't this, I can't that. And he's like, I don't know how to get through it. I'm like, well, you just do it. And he goes, I've never had to just do it. Mm-hmm. You know, everything's always been given to me. And, you know, his, when, he, when, he call, when he calls home to his parents, it's not a level of, like, I know my kid, I know the struggles, because when you were a kid, we struggled together, mm. because he got everything, so he never had to struggle for anything, so they're not exactly, like, good at, you know, giving advice, they're like, you got it, it's like, well, what if I don't have it, like, what if I just need you to talk to me and help me break this down, right. and so they're, they're not good at it, so he's, I mean, there were several times that he called me, like, on the brink in new power school, and it got even worse, because he got attached to a submarine, and he was... In COVID, like he was, you know, on submarine in COVID. And mm-hmm. when I talked to him last time, he's, you know, he's getting better. But nonetheless, it's like, to me, I, I have people I can talk to, to him. And, and I've always been in that mentality of just like, we're just going to do it. We're just going to, we're going to bitch about it right now. And then we're going to pick ourselves up and we're going to keep going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But not him. So, so I'm sorry. So Chris brings up a good point. I mean, yeah, 
choose your rate, choose your fate, right? I mean, yeah. if you choose to sit behind a desk, your life might be a little more comfy than, you know, the genius that's chipping paint and repainting it. But everybody's life, you've got stressors. Right. Everybody's life, you got tough points, you got low moments, you got the difficult spots, right? So how how is it that some can make it through those and others choose not to? Because you've been doing it for so long. So let's talk about this. It's a twofold process, right? So you have, on the one hand, people coming into the Navy and like your friend, Andrew, they were given everything. And then you have, on the other hand, people coming into the Navy and they had to work for everything they had. Like they are running away from a lifestyle because the Navy has painted this picture that you know, like Barbie, you can be anything, you know, <laughs> so Marketing you can come in, yep. you can, you can be anything, you can do anything, you can have it all and you can travel the world and get your education for free. Right. But then once you get in, what you find is, is, is there's a mask. And so the people who come in and they've been given everything, they really don't know how to handle that type of stress. Because when you think about it, the culture of it, um, it's like toxic stress. You know, you have, it's, high working environments and then you have people yelling at you for whatever reason and if you've never had a yeller if you didn't grow up with a yeller you're breaking down crying (laughs) you know they they use boot camp as a way to break all of that down and to train you for that right but even boot camp has changed so there's this I think it's like a stress flag or something. Count kind yeah. No, no. We had, had these had the, the, we had the red card. We had blue cards at one point. Yeah, the yeah, yeah the. You, I'm stressed. I need. I need. Yeah. Take a break. Take a time out or, or whatever. You know. And how, then it was. So like, how does that prepare you for war? It doesn't. It does not. Uh, yeah, go. go. Not preach, at all. Welcome to war. We're being attacked. I'm stressed. Hang on. Hold Russia, on. Russia. Blue, blue card. Blue card. Red card. The Chinese are invading. I'm hang on. I'm stressed. I'm gonna go over here and. Now let's talk about those macs that Carrie was talking about. So you said that sometimes you would talk to them about sleeping, right? And so you kind of gauge on the sleeping patterns. But how do you get past that mask? What if they come to you and oh yeah, everything is fine. You know, I'm doing this or we're six and six. It's great, Carrie. You know. Yeah. You know, so how, how, how do you... For the non Navy folks. So that's All right. duty sections, right? Six yes. on, six off. Six on, six off. Okay, yeah, gotcha, so you're, gotcha. yeah, six hours on, six hours off. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, so, you know, uh, I'm not the one to ask. But so, so that is a good question in the... And this ties back to something Andrew said earlier, the mask. So if you are a child of this generation, and this is, again, the broad brush... Forgive me for that. A child of this generation, then you're not accustomed to laying the mask down. Social media does not pr- promote or encourage maskless interaction. But also it's a skill. You know, I've always admired Carrie for being able to do this, but I remember a conversation we were having. In the beginning of the conversation, you said, hey, how are you doing? And I said, I'm doing fine. And the conti- conversation continued, and you go, you doing okay? It was like, you know. And the conversation continues more, and you go, so how's, that, so, so how's everything at home? And by the time we got to the third time, I was in a conversation to where I was talking to a friend and not just somebody that was like, you know, are you okay? And you're like, yeah. And they're like, cool, I'm going to keep going. Mm-hmm. And like, he, I've, I've seen him do that. Back so, to your point, though, you're a different generation. I'm a de- different generation. Carrie's a different generation. But we don't teach it anymore. We, it's, not a, it's not a skill. Like, it's not a skill because it's not being practiced. Right. Right. right? So, so well, I'll, parent, I'll push back just a little bit. I uh, mean, don't you push back. We're constantly asking them. 
there's constant stand downs and kind of safety this right, and safety but that. Hey. point is, is how do you break through the mass? Because that interaction, that you know, lieutenant commander who comes by and says, "How you doing?" As Andrew says, he's got to show genuine care and interest. Otherwise, it's a passing comment. Correct. And then that that young rate, I'm struggling with the Navy terms. Forgive me. <laughs> has to has to sailor, sailor the sailor <laughs> has to then make a choice. Right. right. I'm I'm either going to divulge, take my mask off, divulge, or, yeah. or just hey, things are yeah. great. Yeah. You just keep walking because I don't want to talk to you. But even if so, I'm not military. But if the like, let's just say for the sake of argument. Young sailor just had a baby, wife's at home, yep. he's standing watching, his commanding officer comes through and says, hey, how are you? And he goes, honestly, sir, I'm not sleeping, and, you know, things at home are tough. Does that commanding officer do anything about it, or do you just go, ah, right, right. just keep going? Ah, it'll get better. Yeah, right, like, right. Yeah. You know what I mean? They it's, didn't come in your sea bag. Yeah. <laughs> yes, That's so, what I was told. They, 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 yeah, there's a constant for frame. That family didn't come with your sea bag. They weren't yeah. issued in your sea bag. Yeah. Major pain. But there was... <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah. Um, so, so just, I, I don't want to critique the Navy in the sense that I, I, let's let's move out. When we can talk Navy, but let's just move out. So post nine eleven suicide, I just looked this up. Yeah, like thirty thousand post nine eleven suicides. It's military and veterans. Combat deaths post nine eleven are seven thousand. Yeah. Okay. The Army just hit in for twenty twenty one. A high post nine eleven high in suicides. So there's there is there, there's a string here. There's, there's something. There has to be something common. And my guess, I'd like to hear Piatra's guess, but my guess it, it deals with a lot of things that we've talked about on this show: education, social media, family. All those things tied right. together. Yeah. I mean, also, I'm gonna let Piatra drive because. She's the expert, and we'll, we'll pull strings as she throws them out. Go. Okay. We're going to take a break. You just keep talking. <laughs> In the hand so let's talk yeah. culturally, right? So let's open up and get away from the Navy aspect. Sure, sure. But let's just paint the picture in terms of leadership in general. So in terms of leadership, let's say um, Chris is the CEO. Okay. Carrie is right under the My CEO. Underling, works for me. Say it. He works for me. <laughs> Senior VP, thank you very much. There we go. <laughs> and then Andrew and I, we are the workers. It is Carrie's Get job busy, to Andrew. check in with the two of us, Andrew and I, to make sure that culturally in this working environment, we are okay. So you come around and you ask us, hey, how's it going? Wait, hold on. Let me back up. Mm-hmm. Let's say right under... Andrew, it's Carrie, and then I'm under Andrew, okay? So then you check in with the both of us. So Andrew works for me, and then you work for Andrew? Yes. All right, and and I'm just checking in? You're checking in. Hey, what's going on? You're checking in. (laughs) Hey, what's going on? Are we acting now? But but you start with me first. So you ask me. How are you? Uh, you know, I'm, it's okay, I guess. Oh, really? Do you want to, do you need, (coughs) do you want to talk? Right there, that question. You have about 30 seconds, right? You, you have about this 30-second this window to make that decision, maybe even less than that, because some people it can be from 7 to 15 seconds, right, to make your decision, yay or nay. Do I talk to you about what's going on and then potentially put Andrew on blast? Because he's the problem. 
could be. I'm already okay. locked in on that one, depending on because you, you answer there. But um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. There's a choice to be made in that in that moment. Right. And then if I do decide to go and express myself about what's going on with Andrew, or maybe it's not even Andrew. Maybe it's coming from the head, and Andrew just has to enforce whatever it is. But because it's coming from him, I only see the one side of it. So do I expose that and risk losing my job? Now I'm thinking about, you know, finances, my family, back to family. Then we're thinking about, you know, whatever else that I have to do as a mom, you know, if, if you're married, you know, as a wife, as a husband. So it's a lot of choices um, that a, a person has to make in terms of peeling off that mask, right? So let's talk about what would you need to do as the the person in charge, right? What other things would you need to say to make me feel comfortable? Yeah, so are you uh, approachable? Right. So a couple of, couple of things that I put out usually. I I don't know if I do this right. I mean, I can be messing this up, right? But it's always hey, I always have an open door policy. Um, if if you want to come and talk to me, uh, if if you don't want to talk to me, I'm quite certain I can get someone out of HR to sit down and chat with you too, right? Um, and then if you don't want to have this conversation right now, because in theory I should have pulled you away from Andrew and we're just kind of standing off mm -hmm. by ourselves, um, you know, you can shoot me an email and we can set up another time someplace else. Um, so does that rely on Piatra having trust in the environment and the system in which she works? I abs I believe so. I, I could okay, you're good. So I'm you, glad you're you, not, not you would right. have to you would have to believe that he has your best interest in mind. Right. That I can speak freely without any That's repercussions. A huge I mean it's a culture thing. It, it is, but it's a huge risk. I'm gonna use the word risk for Piatra the yes. worker. Yes. Right. Right. And inside the military, I think it feels even more so to have the young sailor young sailor talk openly to the officer the department head or whatever yeah. it was but you know I mean, to see, when, you, when you when you play act that mm -hmm. you kind of see oh yeah so that takes a lot of guts a lot of trust for the young sailor to go yeah here's what's going on well, that's where i get back to what andrew said about navy responsibility i mean that's part of leadership that's part of what you as an officer, a chief petty officer, NCO, whatever, that's part of what you do. So it's I, and if you can't if you're not if you're not if you've if you, Piatra, decide mm -hmm. to let down that mask and take me up on that invitation, that is now ratcheted up the expectation on the leadership side. Right. If you fail to really listen, if you fail to take action or at least get some sort of information going back to that sailor, then the, then the window closes. You, you've opened up that one time, nothing happened, and we're done. Well, let's even go back before you open up. What happens with learned behavior in, cultural, in culture, right? Mm. So if we're talking military, there's this learned behavior, as my experience on the ship, you can, I can look at what happened to you, your interaction between you, Carrie, and you, Chris. Um, you being, Chris, in this scenario, being the CEO, and I see Carrie as a lieutenant, right? And I'm passing by now, I see Carrie getting chewed out by the CEO. 
because Carrie, I overheard right. Carrie bringing up an issue. Happens, yeah. yeah. Right. So if this is happening to you and, you know, you have on bars, what am I going to do? Right. I'm not going to say anything. Right. If, right. if he's saying that you're going to lose your job or, you know, your career is going to be ended or whatever the mess that chatter would be right. about you, why would I even open up to, to you or anybody else? Because then that means that my career will be on the line as well. It's kind of crazy that the, the Navy, just from speaking from a manager's perspective, we always coach our managers. You're positive in public and you're negative in private. That's right. How we, that's exactly, Praise in public. That's exactly what we Punish in too. private. Yeah. yeah. So in theory, you should never have seen Chris chewing my butt. I, I should never have, should seen, never have seen any right, of that, right, that reprimand. Right. But have. also, I mean, and then, again, the Navy structure, we're different, but in our in our world, we take not stock, but I always tell people, I'm like, sometimes the best thing to do is do nothing, just listen. And if you listen to the water cooler long enough, you'll kind of know where your question needs to go. Because I was telling you, earlier, I've got this girl that's like spinning out of control. And I didn't approach her and I say, hey, you're spinning out of control. It was more of like, I heard this, and then I heard this, and then I heard this. And now I'm kind of putting pieces together as far as like, okay, this girl needs my help. Like, but she's got this mask on. To where when I talked to her, it was literally like, hey, how's it going? She's like, I'm fine. I was like, okay, I know you're not fine. Let's have a conversation about what's really going on. And then it was, then we could have an open dialogue because so, I kind of knew where I was going. Yeah. We're, again, more strings being pulled. Now we're, we're heading towards the discussion of are the leaders being trained? Are the leaders being mentored? And where's that mentorship coming from? Because that requires a, a, a trail of experienced people who have mentored previously and has handed down. Yeah, so I, I, there I will tell you that I think that there is a period of time that the Navy did that horribly, horribly, horribly wrong. Right. Um, so it, 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 I, don't, I don't know if anybody really remembers, but there was about a decade, decade and a half, maybe two decades there, where Navy captains were being fired left, oh, right, left and right. Yeah, yeah. Every single yeah. time you turn around, they were being decimated. Their careers right. were being ended for some pretty vile things, and some you're just like, what? Really? Right. That's it? Yeah. You know? Um, there was also a manning issue, at least in my experience. Milpers wasn't able to really attract and retain junior officers. So as you were hemorrhaging junior officers, part of the Navy policy at the time was to reap and pillage the goat locker. So we took uh, the backbone of the Navy, the NCOs, and we made them officers. And next thing you know, you know, you're pulling some very junior people to fill that seasoned, salty yeah. position, and right. it just wasn't a good construct. I don't know if any of these kind of um, have any implication into the overall kind of uh, situation that we've got in the Navy. But I will say this: that that lack of leadership thing exists even in the civilian world. Right. right? So it's not a Navy thing. This is that we can generalize and say you've got the the leadership portion of it and the followership followership portion of it. Right, right. And I think, you know, Pietro's done a good job of, of taking us to the situation where we're interacting there and you've got issues on the follower right. and issues and, and on the, the leader, leader right, as well. Right. And Andrew so, talks about his, and I know Andrew's a culture builder. That's just, That makes him so successful that he can go out and build a culture. But that's Andrew. Andrew's a unicorn. Okay? Right. So... Right. Prettiest unicorn in the bunch. Prettiest one. Most attractive man in the room right now. Sure. So that, to me, speaks to that there are issues that are probably not being addressed. And this is, I mean, this is why I brought Pietro on. So she's already starting to pull those threads for us. And, you know, so how, you know, talk about breaking the mask. 
So the leaders got issues, the followers got issues. Right. Keep going. This is fascinating. Okay, so let's talk about services that's provided. So on a civilian side, it's called EAP services. What does that stand for? Employment Assistance Program. Okay. Okay. So through that program, on the civilian side, you can get a therapist or you can get mental health, right? Mental health help. And then in the Navy or military, rather, you have, what is it called, Carrie? Mm. I'm not. I'm um, the blank. So am I. Sorry. I know that now, and I saw the evolution, I retired in 16, I saw the evolution of mental health care where Previously, it was you don't go anywhere. You like if, even if you saw the building where mental health was housed, you just walked right. around it. And now it's very much encouraged, and not oh, detrimental. family. There you go. Sorry. That's, that's good. Yeah. Not it, it is not it's built is not detrimental to your career and standing, which is a good thing. I, I don't know how true that is, but I'm just saying that that's what they say. It's not detrimental. So we've come a long way from man. If you go in there, you're done. Yeah, we it was it. Section six or sixth floor. The sixth floor at the uh, Portsmouth Medical. Mm. Yeah. 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 You don't go up there. Had an experience with that. Yeah. Yeah. So back to the services. Yeah, yeah. We So when you have these services provided to you, do you use them? And if you use them, again, it goes back to the reprimand. How, you know, what, what is the, or the repercussion? What is the repercussion for using this? So if I do go and utilize this EAP program, you know, is it really confidential? Because my supervisor can say, hey, you missed such and such amount of hours of work. Where were you? What do you say? Right, right. Oh, I was in, you know, therapy. Are you going to therapy for for the job? Is everything okay? Mm. What's going on? Yeah, so how do you, that's a conundrum. So how how does that work (laughs) when you're, you're, you're legally, rightfully taking advantage of services that are there for you? That are supposed to be confidential, but then someone goes, where, where were you? What's going on with where the hours? Yeah. Where were you? Yeah. Where were you? Uh, I mean, again, part of that's a culture and leadership thing is that talk about the most important thing to any business, oh, and the oh Navy is a business, tie, people that tie up your shoes at the end of the day. If you're people that aren't okay, then your business is not okay. Right. You can't look at it like, oh, well, we've got, like from the Navy, we have 300 ships. You got anybody to go on those ships? Like, you know what I'm saying? From... You know, well, we've got 30 restaurants and nobody to work in them. I agree. I agree. And yet we have to talk about what's underneath that statement is how do you create good leaders? And what in today's culture and society is creating good leadership? It seems to me that a lot of times good leadership is handed or hampered by, I use the term wokeness, you know, the, the inability to kind of just be and, and, and I don't know I'm, I'm, I'm shooting from the hip here but I'm not sure that we've created an environment where leadership is being created and rewarded so I think we're, we're, we're creating managers who follow follow rules follow checklist norms follow checklists right, and right. not those who care I'm just saying I don't know that care part is a big deal yeah yeah, yeah. It really is, because if, if I felt like Andrew cared in that previous scenario, I would definitely talk to him. If I felt like he cared and it would make a difference, right. I would take that mask off. So care, compassion is, is something, it's, it's like a lost art. 
I mean, who who cares these days? So, okay, so, man, I will, I will sing your praises, Pietra, because you've kind of blown my mind. Open the aperture. We can talk about causes for why people commit suicide, and that's good. But the discussion we're having is leading to how can you prevent that from happening? And the, what we're talking about is breaking through the mask, right? And that... So... Let's be clear on one thing, though, before we go down this rabbit hole, because there's a lot of that can go with it. We're already in the rabbit hole. But you're not going to prevent every suicide. So there are... Correct. So, like, my my biggest thing is, like, I think it starts with families, but sometimes there are people that are just so mentally unstable that they came from a good family, and they came from great parents, and they came from a situation to where just, like, the one in a million thing happened to them, and it pushed them over the edge. Something that you could not prepare for. Just the... The moon fell on top of them, and in that moment, you know, you weren't prepared for I, it. I don't... I, exactly. And again, we're not going to get to zero. With, we're not going to get to zero with aircraft mishaps, BOAT mishaps. We're not going to get to zero with suicides. Right. But we can do a much better job. And now I kind of see the idea of being, okay, well, what can I do as a leader, as a manager, someone who cares, to break through the mask? And that seems to me... Part of that is understanding why the mask is there. I think we're about to kind of jump into that. Is, is why the, does the mask is, exist in the first place, and what is promoting the the, the sturdiness of that mask? I mean, I, I'm a big fan of, of blaming it on social media, but there are other issues as well. But yeah, I, I think I think this is a, a great great thread you're pulling here, Patrick. Keep 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 going. You're... So let's talk about some signs. Yes. Some signs to look for. So when we talk about depression and anxiety, sometimes they kind of overlap. You know, you start with high levels of stress, toxic stress, chronic stress, whatever you choose to call it. It's all the same thing. And you want to look for changes in behavior. So if you notice you have a hard worker, Andrew, you were just talking about some people that you hired. They seem like really go-getters. And over time, if you realize they are just not showing up or their character has changed, that's something to look into. You know, if this person has always been on time and, you know, maybe once, okay, everybody has a one or two Z's. But after that, you know, you kind of look at it like, what's going on? You know, pull that person to the side. Within your own self, eating Eating habits, you know, are you overeating or are you not eating enough? Of course, the, the overarching would be, you know, substance use. Um, what, what is your go-to thing, right? The other thing that you want to look at is, you know, uh, their presentation, their overall presentation. So how are they coming to work? Do, do they look like they just rolled out of bed and just showed up? I'm, I'm here. You know, what does that look like? The, the other thing is you want to pay attention to their conversation. Not only the things that they are saying, but the things that they are not. Language is very important. Mm-hmm. So we can say the same thing, right? Carrie, you can say the same thing that I'm saying, mm-hmm. but it can come off to Chris and Andrew as two totally different things, right? So you want to pay attention to language. You want to pay attention to what's not being said. So if they say, for example, you know, well... I'm okay. Things can be better. Oh, okay, good. I'm glad you're okay. And then you just walk off. Well, <laughs> what do you mean? You know, you, you didn't even mm, tap into the in. yeah. things can be better. What, what can be better? What do you, what do you mean? What, what is that about? What's going on? Have, have we, <clears throat> I should probably rephrase it this way. Are we, 
currently in a culture that overvalues borders, limits, you know, you've got your space, I've got my space, I don't want to pry type thing, which prevents the, the well, we mean things could be better. Well, we circle back to, I mean, we talk about it in almost every podcast, but family, to me, I mean, I'm a very guarded person in the real world, but like with family, there really isn't a border or a guard, you know, everything is. But your family situation is. Well, that's what I'm saying is so. Not horrible. But to, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So like part of that is, is the fa- is the family in a position where you can, is, is that, you know, grown? Is it cultivated? Is it. But or, I can, I can paint a picture in my head of a, of a. You know, life is hard, especially now. I think about things going on now. Post-pandemic, pandemic was hard. Post-pandemic, inflation, prices, stress about the war in Ukraine, all the stuff going on. And the perceptive child is tied into this via social media. I mean, they're getting bombarded with stuff. Right. So I think the, the I could see a troubled youth going, oh, you know, shoot, mom and dad are struggling enough as it is. They've got their own issues, and uh, you know they don't need to deal with mine. I can I can see, I can see that picture, and it's a shame that it's that way. Uh, and I think that just you know makes the hole deeper for them. Uh, but yeah, again, family is key. I just I, we've talked so much about the deterioration of family that I'm not optimistic. Do you find you obviously can't, great question? But do you find families getting Better or families getting worse in your line of work and talking to people? Worse. Worse. Definitely worse, yeah. Communication is getting worse, is what you're saying? Or just the whole dynamic? Just the dynamic of family is getting worse. Now, communication is tied into that, definitely, yeah. yeah. But When you say the dynamic of family, explain. Go. So not necessarily. (laughs) I'm just kidding. So it's different types of families now, right? Because we are... A world of we're equality, diverse. and yes, we're very diverse. Elon so Musk. we accept it all. We back to Elon Musk. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to keep the theme going. Yeah. Sorry. All right, yeah. go. <laughs> but in that, when we talk about diversity of the family, who is really accepting that family changes? The changes in the family dynamic. So we talk about life cycle transitions. The life cycle transition is basically how we grow up together in the family. So we can start off a family, um, just the two of us. We're married, Mm -hmm. right? And this is our family, right? And so then we talk about having a baby. So we give birth to our first child. This is the next phase of that life cycle transition. But in that life cycle transition, we have changed as husband and wife. Are we accepting that? Do we recognize that? And are we able to adapt and be as versatile and as flexible with our physical changes within the family as we are with each other? And we're not doing that. Man, I, it, it's, it's eye-opening because all of us, you know, some of us have been doing this longer. Yeah. You can see in your own, our own, I'm looking yep. at Carrie, yep. our own evolution of family of, of the, the, I would call it the lag of the the understanding of the changes in adaptation. Oh, right. no, yeah, absolutely. Like, oh, wait, oh, wait a second. This is not like... What's a, been going on for the last five years? Exactly, so. exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. And then, you know, you put, put yourself in a mental um, 
um, fragility, I guess, in a sense of, of things aren't the same. Mm-hmm. I don't understand what's, what's going on, why things are changing. You know, why is my wife different? Right. You know, well, she's got, you know, two kids nagging at her. You know, she's yeah. got to take care of that. And she's got other, other issues that maybe me as a father, I don't have to deal with. Wow. You just kind of, you explain it very well. Thank you. Yeah, keep going. I'm going to take a break. You keep talking. <laughs> People just want to listen to you at this point. Yeah, I'm just saying. They're going, guys, shut up. Let her talk. <laughs> okay, so let's get back to the, the transition. Yeah. So let's add another kid on there, like you said. Okay. So now we have two. How far apart are they? Are we starting completely over? Like, do we have one that's getting ready to graduate, and then it's, hey, I'm Surprise. pregnant. <laughs> I'm starting over. Yeah. And so then we have to deal with that, the idea that, we had plans after so-and-so graduated to retire or to travel the world to do this or start our own business or whatever those hopes and dreams were. So, and then the effect of the oldest, the older child, the, the younger child, the introduction the younger child has to that dynamic, because that, that could be yeah. psychologically jarring as yeah. well. That now you got to delay everything. Well, that but also, I mean, especially if it was an only child situation, I'm not, the focus anymore mm-hmm. yeah. or vice versa i mean i talk about it all the time josh is nine years younger than me right so right. he got like tired dead you know what i mean he got mom <laughs> that was just like yeah, that's true yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. yeah. You know, yeah. he got he yeah. got to like we went, good luck like, do what they did yeah my, my, <laughs> my, my sisters and i talk about all the time it's like well, you would we would never get away with that and my dad just like i'm tired guys <laughs> like oh, okay interesting yeah. all right so yeah the introduction of a I'm going to say this. Please understand that it's, I'm just trying to give the idea, you know, inter, introduction of stressors. And mm-hmm. the child would be a stressor in the family that's, you know, yeah. constantly evolving. And not that children are bad or stressors, but that's that's how I, I'm labeling it. Well, yeah, this discussion. more energy Correct. and yeah, yeah. Uh, attention. And all exactly. Well, exactly. not only that, if you're dealing with your own issues, like I, I, have an anger, I have an anger problem, I have a very bad temper, and... You ever listen to a baby scream for hours at a time? Your anger and temper goes through the roof. Which is but if, as you, as you know, you kind of learn to control that. But I mean, some people don't. Some right? people don't. But some I'm just saying, do like, not. I'm just saying, like that's one of those things. Especially if, and again, I've controlled it. But like, if you have a husband and wife that when they were just, it was just the two of them. The wife could just walk away. He could do his thing, but then when you add a kid, right. you add two kids, mm-hmm. it's more of a like, okay, now I've got to kind of live in this situation, and now we've got to come to terms with it instead of just, you know, oh, well, you were just going to walk away, and we never had the conversation until it was too late, until you don't know how to control it, until, you know, but. So, I mean, I think there's a lot of learning, and at least, again, I always kind of point back to my experience, and I hope my wife agrees that as we've now past the 20-something year mark. Congratulations. Why should I get this tattooed on your arm? It's in the ring. I got it. That we've learned a lot together. I mean, the assumptions going in are not necessarily um, what we're living with, but we, I feel like there's a little bit of a team there, and then we kind of learn that together. Um, the whole dynamic thing, Chris, I'd agree with you that it was only after the fact that I realized something had changed. Mm-hmm. She's far more um, receptive than I am. She probably figured it out ahead of time. Um, but, you know, all these stressors do exist. One of my ways of handling it is 
my wife. I hope I'm there for her too. That you know that really. So I take that and and extend it a little bit and figure. I think that perhaps a healthy way to deal with some of these stressors is that opening up, right? Is that depending on someone else and being being in community and, and talking to people. So we, we go to back to the discussion of, of Andrew and leadership. If you are modeling that for your children, right, we've talked about modeling as parents, yeah. modeling conflict and disagreement, modeling openness and free discussion. Who put that microphone down? <laughs> it's going to happen. 15 strong. It's going to happen. Um, then that is key. At least your, your children are being exposed to it. If they're not exposed to it, then they don't know where are they going to learn that. I don't know. Um, yeah, I didn't mean to interrupt you. But I was no, no that's that. okay. Yeah. So that, that keys me in. Is that so? Do you find that that's learned behavior? So that's part of learned behavior. Yeah. And and are we, in your experience, <laughs> doing better <laughs> at communicating good learned behavior, or is the, or the bad habits just being? Uh, exponentially passed on. Yep, it's generational. Uh, That's yeah. why you got to find somebody that, for lack of a better phrasing, calls you on your shit. I mean, I know there's a person in my life that they married somebody and they go, oh, we just, it's its just fun all the time. Right? You have real conversations, they go, well, we go out to dinner and it's fun and we do this <laughs> and it's fun <laughs> and I'm kind of like, and when are you getting the real relationship? Yeah, because it's yeah. not always supposed to be fun. Come on, Andrew. Like, <laughs> so, and I go, that's going to last for about three years and then you're going to be like, okay, so this isn't fun anymore. So why would I sign up for it? So this opens up a, a discussion, your, your comments and Pietra's comments. We have a situation, and we've talked about this before, social media, wild, wild west, early years, early frontier, 2007, <coughs> so we're 15 years into this, and a lot of parents didn't have to deal with it. So how do parents understand these things that are happening to their children based on being immersed in a social media culture? And I don't think they do, and I think we, I mean, I'll let Pietra address that. I, I think that there's a disconnect between what parents expect from their children based on their experience growing up, vice what our children are actually experiencing that in this culture. Right, right, right. I agree. So it's all about how we, again, how we adapt. So are we as parents adapting to what they are being exposed to, or are we shying away from that? So would you so he's, oh, go, ahead. Go, ahead. go ahead. So here's an example, personal example, with me and my son. My son was exposed to porn. Mm. At 12. Mm. Mm -hmm. Now you can get it on, you can like literally just Google it. Don't even have to work for it anymore. Just now this was through YouTube, so he's innocently playing games. Correct. Right? Correct. And it's suggested videos on the side, right? right, right? right. Yeah. And so, you know, he clicks on one and that leads to something else. Oh, that clicks on and then eventually it leads to right. porn. Yeah. So what do I do as a parent? How adaptable am I? How, you know, understanding am I? Do I yell at him because if I do one that tells him two things it tells him oh it's something over there she doesn't want me to see or know about yet and it opens up that curiosity right so that's the second thing it does opens up that curiosity or if I'm adaptable right as a parent and my understanding then we can talk about that we can talk about what you see and we can talk about bringing it back to the social media part hey it's 
a 50-50 chance you're going to find some good stuff and some bad stuff. You know, not everything on the Internet is 100% correct. Would you agree? Correct. Oh, dear God. No, no, no. If you see it on the Internet, it must be true. <laughs> it's true. Is I read it, it on Google. It's true, yeah. I have a French girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> read it on the Internet. <laughs> so, so we met on the internet. At this point, Piatra's questioning her choice about coming out of the podcast. <laughs> what, what have I done? Sorry. Okay. So, so we had that conversation, and we, I did not yell. You know, we just had a very open conversation based on his level of content, what he was exposed to. So that's what we can do as parents. We can assess the level of content that our children is exposed to. And then we have the dialogue because like Andrew was saying before, it does kind of start at home. It, do you see a lot of over adaptability? I see this a lot with, this is going to sound terrible, but there's this whole like body, you know, body shaming thing where people are like, well, we're not going to body shame our kids. And then I'm like, Hey, your kid's a fat ass. <laughs> like if I pushed him down a hill, he would keep going. At what point in time are you going to teach? Are you going to teach your kid about health and not <laughs> jump through? You can report him if you want. Yes. You can report him if you want. That's fine. We but, don't care. But you talk to the parents and they're like, oh, he'll be fine. It's like, no, he eats like eight bags of chips for dinner and that's <laughs> it. <laughs> when are you going to like wrong on main levels? Oh, we, are so, we, are, we are definitely getting canceled after 15. Yeah. We haven't gotten canceled. Andrew, I'm not losing my license. <laughs> <laughs> cut, cut, I'm out of here. That's funny. That's but do you funny. see parents over adapting and not having the hard conversations with people? Yes. So so that is a thing where the parents are they're afraid. They're afraid to push because of this suicide thing. Because of this the 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 cultural standard for children to just opt out. Opt out of life opt out of trying but even before that uh, what i what i teach my kids is about failure so how how are we looking at god bless failure you. god bless you that's so important it is it my my daughter came home she had a c and she had a c with a meltdown and i'm like wait a minute i'm a therapist <laughs> <laughs> this, this is not right like you understand Coping skills, because that, that's what it's, it's called, coping skills or coping techniques. It's how Andrew is able to manage his anger despite the levels of anger that he actually has on the inside, right? But she melted down, and I'm like, hey, this is this is not me. She's like, I'm failing. This is bad. I'm going to fail. No, you're not. C's get degrees. We, we have talked about this before. We've <laughs> talked about this before. The, the, and I'm glad you're teaching your kids about fair. I love you for that. The um, assumption that they have to be perfect. Well, the the idea, right. the idea that we have now, you know, everybody gets a trophy, right? As opposed to recognize what it was a C in. Can you say we were yeah, done getting ready? Math, yeah. Math, yeah. Look, not everybody's born to be a mathematician, right. right? Right. So I'm sure she's getting A's in something else. And you look at her, you look. That just you got to see C's average. We we've forgotten that the grading scale is there as a as a signpost. But how did we do that? We stopped looking at it as an opportunity. Failure just became a part of the everyday conversation. It's not an opportunity to coach somebody and say, oh, you failed. Let me help pick you back up and show you I, what we're doing. We're just like, okay, you failed. I tonight. also think, again, I'm going to blame social media, but we've also gotten to the point where, you know. If social media was a Jeff, person, they'd sue you. They would. Yeah. <laughs> Susie Q. Smith has got a 4.6 average at 4.0 school. Perfect. And she's, you know, she she's 
president, cheerleader, right. blah, 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 blah. I'm not that. Right? Uh-huh. So, so again, does the 4.6 actually mean anything? If you get a full point on scale, and I understand you're taking maybe extra AP mm-hmm. cuts, but okay, great. If grades are going to mean something, then a C means average. And average means average. Right. I, I'm average on a lot of things. I'm not going to lie. Average on a lot of things. Right? I can do some things very good. <coughs> I'm average on a lot. Yeah. Uh, so where, again, have we, have we lost? Andrew's question, where have we lost the perspective that says, especially in, in, you know, an eight-year-old who thinks that C is failing? Um, right. And I, I even, not to cut you off, but I even had to look at myself as a parent to say, like, did I create this right. perfectionist mm-hmm. standard yeah, in yeah, the yeah, house? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. What did I do? That's very self-aware. But That's you're right. But a lot of parents are not doing that. So you you have it either one or two ways. You have the parent that with the overweight kid, Andrew. <laughs> no, my t- my term is way better. <laughs> the parent, so you have this parent that is just showering the kid with whatever they want. But you also have to look into that as why. What are they trying to cover up? Okay, and then yeah. you have on the other side the parent that is creating this standard of you must be perfect and oh, are, are yeah. we, but are we even explaining that failure is something to look into so it's it's not all bad you can fail right it it needs attention it's huh. are, are we explaining that part I don't we also that. don't talk about our failures and, social well, media is we talked about it before you do not not even social media I, I talk about my dad all the time but like growing up. My dad never told me stories about failing. So there was a there was a very good stretch of my life where I didn't feel like I could fail because it was mm. like my dad didn't fail. My dad did all these great things. And there was one right, point where we right. had a beard and he's like, I failed like all these times. We just didn't talk about it. <laughs> but he's just like, Oh, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? So Yeah. Um So how do you handle and so this is uh um fr- uh, open free advertising here. Um well, not advertising, but just to be clear. Um, come to we, Wishing Well. Well, we've got, yes, probably. <laughs> right, there you go. Wishing Well Counseling um, Center. So I get the sense of desperation that drives someone to suicide, particularly if they're in an, an adverse situation that they didn't necessarily sign up for, like in the military, right? Um, but we are seeing, I don't want to use the word epidemic, but we are seeing an increase in young people committing suicide. And that, for me, if so, again, just open kimono and being frank, if adult suicide is difficult for me to grasp, young person suicide is just darn near impossible for me to understand, right? Yes. Because they, my initial feeling, thought, kind of perspective on this is you haven't even entered into the turmoil of the world. You really are, I'm, uh, I'm talking, you know, so how, what kind of frame of reference am I missing that? So that's a big misconception. <clears throat> okay. Before I answer that, let's get into some numbers real quick. So six million Americans have had thoughts in their lifetime of taking their own lives, right? How many? Six million. Six million. Six million. Half of those have made a plan. Three million. Good job, Chris. Numbers are important, though. 1.4 of that group have actually been successful in ending their lives. Half of that 3 million were successful. So um, it's a pretty big number. It it is. It is. 
I, will, I would like to address the youth question. This is in the May issue, May 2022 of the uh, Spectator World. I thought she didn't do any research. Well, it just so happens I read this cover to cover. Micah, if you're listening, our friend Micah is the, uh, I want to get the title right. Micah is the, bear with me here, Micah is the senior editor for this. Um, called A Generation Betrayed. And it talks about the, uh, the millennials especially. Uh, I'm quoting here, it's no surprise that recent college graduates, so we're talking like my daughter and, mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. That this generation, uh, folks who were born in 2000. 2000. 2000. Mm-hmm. Yep. No surprise that recent college graduates report the highest levels of anxiety in the country. Suicides, particularly among young girls, have soared to record levels, according to the CDC. All right, so there's something going on if, with the youth, and this, this article does a good job of explaining how the prospects, especially the economic prospects for this generation, are dwindling and creating anxiety, cre- creating anxiety that we didn't have to deal with. Mm-hmm. The rising cost, talk about the rising cost of college for no apparent reason, right? Think about um, I graduated in. 91, and I think the school I went to was like $4,000 a year, right? And that's a, that's a community college these days. Yeah. Yeah, if that. So. Any, any way to break down that $1.4 to youth Utes. versus non-youths? Non-youths. Um, I just want to say again that having Pietra on the show is fantastic. She's yeah. This is, this is outstanding. Thank um, you. Thank you for joining us again and wishing well. Um, Take advantage of it. That's the other thing that the counseling, I think, has lost its, we talked about, has lost its stigma um, and the ability to go into a, I'll use the term correctly, a safe space and become vulnerable and deal with issues that you might not be able to deal with is important, very important. Okay. Highly recommend. Um, we talked about last show about men having a place, you know, amongst men. And if you can't find that, then I think counseling's the place to go. And I know that my daughter and my wife are going, Great, great words, Christian. You need to put those into action. So, <laughs> physician, heal thyself. <laughs> thank you, thank you, guys. So I don't have that number, okay. Carrie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But to answer your question, um, what was your question again? So I'm, I'm, I just trying to understand uh, the stressors that would drive a young person. I'm talking someone uh, who hasn't even exited the household yet. Got it. Again, that that question is asked. From our perspective, yes, I agree with that. Which and we I, do not understand. I, absolutely. I mean, I, I kind of academically understand some of the social stressors. Twice in one episode <laughs> that the kids deal with, but I don't fully understand it. So we ask that question as as spectators and actual, you know, curiosity seekers. Hey, what the heck is going on? Okay, so I'm going to ask you this as a parent: How judgmental are you being? With your child. Very. I'm sorry. I am. My uh, son's eight months old, so... This is great. He is judgmental as all get so, out. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hold on. Let's just... Okay, so now words matter. So words when matter. you're saying judgmental, um, can you help me flush that out a little okay. bit? Cause so what I'm gathering is you're trying to understand how, let's say, uh, an eight-year-old right, will have such stress that will cause them to think about suicide and actually commit suicide, yeah, correct? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so if, if you're thinking of it in those terms, then you're kind of, you're being judgmental toward the eight-year-old having feelings and emotions. Even though they don't have bills, 
they still have a life cycle transition themselves. So let's talk about school. Mm-hmm. If they're getting bullied at school, yeah. are they I open yeah. to, to come home and tell you about it? Are you asking? Are you asking, how was your day at school? Or are you just like one of those parents that comes in and, where's your homework? Oh, get in the shower. Right, go to bed. I, I don't know that we, I mean, I homeschooled. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was no, 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 no. My wife homeschooled. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing the club. So, so we homeschooled the children, went to the homeschooling, um, and we still had issues. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine what's going on in the schools where the, the level of stress to conform to be accepted. Well, Bradley talked about it last show, right? He likes certain things. Right, right? yeah. He likes certain nerd things. things yeah. There's nerd things. And he gets, for lack of a word, harassed for it. He's not black enough. He's not mm-hmm. cool enough. He's mm-hmm. not doing the right things. I'm like, what the? We don't understand that kind of pressure, by the way. So, so let's talk about parenting children. Yeah. And in relation to Gary Chapman, you've you've read you heard the book, read the book. Gary Chapman, I know the name. The Five Love Languages. Oh, the Five Love. Oh yes. Oh my yes. God. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think my wife read that one. Five Love. <laughs> I don't think I prefer so, Mine so, was money, just so you know. Money. <laughs> <laughs> I love languages, buddy. So let's talk about parenting in terms of just a relationship. Right. Yeah. Right. Dynamic. It's a relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So are we understanding that need for our That's children? Are we do do we really tune in enough? Are we aware of, you know, our child's love language? My two children are totally different. Right. My, my daughter is totally quality I, time. I know, that, I know that. I'm, I'm physical and words of praise. Oh. I know that. I hate Chris right now. <laughs> <laughs> I know I hate the concept of love languages. That's <laughs> because you don't understand it. Because it ties into my whole rant about Christmas and it's a whole different thing. All right, gotcha. We'll go into it some other time. Christmas? Andrew and I need to go pick up the book. Uh, you can buy it for me. It's a love language. Angel, come to wishing well. <laughs> I don't think you need to buy a book. You just know. Chris has it. You know what happens, but I think we have it on the shelf somewhere. <laughs> I know. You, we all know <clears throat> though, what makes us feel loved. Sure. You know, and just the way it is, some certain things. You may not be a touch person. If your spouse yeah. is a touch person and continues to touch you and you don't feel loved, that's because they feel loved that way and they're trying to... Find out where, where where it is. Okay, hang on though. I'm gonna I'm gonna be the fighter for the other side of this. This is there is no other side. No, no, no. There is. What's, what's, somebody, that, what's that comedian? Is it Burr? He says he package that stuff up and you push it way down. There's somebody in our life that they celebrate everything. They celebrate half birthdays. They celebrate days they know somebody, and they their love language is like things. You gifts. send them gifts. Yes, yeah. Oh. And they go, you didn't send me a gift for my half birthday. Like, <laughs> I'm not. They go, you don't love me. It's like, I'm not sending you a gift for your half birthday. I said, for Christmas, they were going to Germany, and I sent them a book about going to Germany, and they go, you you didn't send me something off my gift list. You don't love me. You're out of your mind. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so, so, yeah. I'm not sure that, I'm not sure that (laughs) negates the love language, but it's a good story. I'm okay. just saying, God. if it goes to an extreme like that, it's yeah. like... Well, if anything goes to an extreme, right? Yeah. If anything goes to an extreme I like understand that, that you Too know. much of anything is... Yeah, right. gotcha. Right. So, okay, getting back to the point. <laughs> so, after what you're saying is, is, is kind of building to that need for relationship in your children. And the one in the 
means, if not the most important means, is to kind of understand how they're wired and, right. and how you can, right. can do that. Right? right, right. Because you, if you recently hired someone, right, you want them to get acclimated to, you know, your, your, your business, your, yeah. the culture of your business. Same thing with your family. You know, you have to build rapport with the family. You, when you and your, your wife, let's go back to before you were married, you dated courtship. You're building rapport. You're getting to yeah, know each other. Point. So why aren't we getting to know our kids? And yeah. if you're not getting to know your kids, then, then you're, you're losing that connection is for there, them to be vulnerable. Is there a thought, is there a school thought that the kids would just, their family, they'll just naturally slide in and fall right. fall right in and open up and be part of the family. I think, I think that's part of it. I, I mean, I, I would say my wife was far more in tune with the six kids than I was. It took me a while mm-hmm. to figure mm-hmm. out that yeah. there are certain ways that you approach. I mean, ask, ask any of them. Ask all six of them. I made all six cry by teaching them math, okay? Mm. Because I didn't understand... I didn't understand math. Didn't understand math. Well, <laughs> they didn't understand math, obviously, because they were the ones crying. What I didn't understand was how to interact with them. Like, it took me a while to, to yeah. learn that, right? Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that's what you're talking right, about. That's right. an example. Of because that. each kid learns different. Correct. So, so how how does your kid learn? Right, right. right. We teach that in the management level. You can't manage person A as the same way you would person B. Exactly. The way same way you person C. They just if you try There's to manage names, Andrew. They have names, okay. <laughs> Maybe their name is A, B, and C. You never know. There was somebody in 2014 that was born, their name was Absidate. A, B, C, D, E. It's, all, it's a thing. Okay. I heard of yeah, that. That's good. Yeah. I like that. Anyway. but right. so, so carry back to the, the suicide thing, right? So yeah. let's look at it from this perspective. It's not going to affect you if your three-year-old, right, was to lose Binky. <laughs> Let's mm. say Binky mm-hmm. is the purple rabbit, right? the security animal. There you go, yeah. And if Binky was lost in Walmart, you would maybe say, hey, it's okay, I'll get you another one. But then are we diminishing, you know, their feelings? Are we making them suppress their feelings? No, that's... that's it's next that's, level. That's darn... I mean, look, I, I, have you guys been through this? Are we quieting yeah. the child? I, I had... I'm not going to sell Zach down the river, but I am... He had, he had Blanky, right? Blanky. Left it in Ireland, oh, which we were stationed in England. And we called to the hotel, right? We mm-hmm. called the hotel, had them find it, and ship it to us, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Now, the opposite of that is, is Rachel. Suck it up, buttercup. Well, Rachel had a, had a, had a, stu- a, beanie, a stuffed animal, a little cat, beanie baby cat that her grandparents gave her. She loved it. And uh, she... she uh, I think this is right. She was holding out the window on the highway, and it came out of the hands, and Julie pulled over. God bless her, and went back and got it. So I understand I understand that level of, you know, okay, this is your thing. Now, some people might think that's extreme, but, uh, you know, looking back, I go, that, that was kind of empathetic. I think that's extreme. Well, I mean, I, I get it. I mean, She's I, over here, like, taking notes. <laughs> Like you, you give the counselor. She's gonna hand you an appointment. Right. Right. Gotcha. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, no, that, that's the extreme of that's the part of processing that we we as adults we lose that because we've grown up, you know, right, we've experienced right. life, so we forgot to an to a degree to an extent how we felt 
when we were five, when we were three? Do you even remember your no. experiences when you were three? No. 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 It's this quote. Um, I don't know who said it. I don't think, I think it's like unknown, but they say, um, a person will never remember what you said, but they always remember how you made them feel. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. I can see so, that. so you can have People two different children. <laughs> two I'm different children. <laughs> what you say? In the same People house. remember what I say. <laughs> Who are you? Yeah, I'm just joking. I'm just kidding. Let's, let's take it from this point. Two yeah. different children in the same household. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they each have two totally different experiences with the parent. And they neither of them may never remember what the parents said. But, you know, um, if I was gone in the military with my oldest child, then he remembers mommy underway. Right. My daughter never experienced that. So same parent, two different, to- two totally different experiences there. Mm. But again, are we being judgmental to the experiences of the child because we've experienced life? So how do you... <clears throat> Uh, assuming that we have parents who are who have grown up in an age themselves where mm-hmm. they're not facing the same stress that their children are. And I think that's pronounced, not that any parent truly does, but I think in recent decades that separation of the experience between the parent and the child has is, is grown exponentially. Right. Um, and again, the onset of technology, I'll, I'll, so social media doesn't come sue us, I'll, I'll, use Musk. Musk. I'll use technology because our children, these children are technical or digital natives. Yeah. We as screen people, parents are digital uh, immigrants in a sense. Are we getting money? Is this in his opinion? <laughs> I wish. Josh is texting some girl. So we so, should text her on. We should text her. <laughs> text her back. Oh my God. Josh, like, what is this? Chris had a good thought too, and uh, now we ruined Wait, it. What? Good job, Josh. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, I'm just saying. So, so there, there is the, there is the, the disconnect that a parent has to try to overcome to understand, to start to to move from judgment to empathy, mm-hmm. and realize that things are happening in that child's world that they didn't have to face and have no idea how influential they are, and I, I think that's difficult for the parent. But it's equally difficult for the child to express those things because that's just life for the child, right? It's like trying to try to describe breathing, right? Well, you know, Susie Q. Smith's on Instagram and she's got a perfect life, and my life sucks. Yeah. You know, what do you mean your life sucks? Well, it just does. Well, okay. Well, I don't understand because you come home, you've got a place to live, you got a bed, you got food. Mom and dad love each other. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that that's a, a seems like a great hurdle to to cross when. You have children from, you know, preteen to teenagers right, committing right. suicide, and the parents don't understand all those stressors. So my only, again, from a management perspective, but when we train managers, we say you get this toolbox, that you get your manager's toolbox, and you might have some tools that you only have to use once or twice, but you at some point will have to use them. And I, I see, as a, as a new parent, there's a lot of new parent groups that we're a part of, and they don't use all of the tools at their, their like, well, there's a, there's a couple, and I've talked about them before, but, like, they won't spank their three-year-old. And, and I've literally witnessed this kid, like, run into a parking lot. And Excellent. They're, they're like, just don't do that. I'm kind of going, hey, they, they go, well, we're, we're not going to spank our, we're, we're, we're not going to spank him. We're not spanking parents. And I'm like, okay, so he can either understand the shock of, I was spanked, I probably shouldn't do that, or the shock of being hit by a Buick. Like, 
But you have to. <laughs> Who drives a Buick anymore? <laughs> really? That's what you went with? A Buick? <laughs> <But I'm> like, <laughs> One of the old ones. Too, well, yeah, like exactly. The 1970 bit. Right? Right? Yeah. Yeah. All, all steel, baby. All steel. <laughs> I was trying to the biggest vehicle I could think <laughs> of was on like a Prius. Hit by a Buick. <laughs> <laughs> Where the Prius bounces back as it hits the three-year-old. <laughs> yeah. But point being, you got to no. use all the tools in your toolbox. Right, right. Well, I, okay, I appreciate so the fact that you made fun of Prius's. <laughs> so not part of that family. I want to put that. I want to put this out. Is that I think there are pressures on parents too, where the we uh, the children wield certain powers. And today I'm going to use the term woke. I apologize, but where simple parenting actions are seen as oppressive or uh, infringing <laughs> upon children's rights. Where they're simply just parenting practices. Also, right. you're not uh, empowered to fail as a parent. Like I, yes. I remember. Okay, so that's a good point. Yeah. When my son was like three months, he went through this phase where he wouldn't sleep, but he would scream him? for out. No, no, no. <laughs> wouldn't scream. He would scream for. Yeah, just going. That's Chris Francis. <laughs> F R A N C I S. He would scream for hours, and I remember telling somebody, like, I don't, under, I don't understand how this. I don't, understand, I don't understand what I'm doing wrong. And like nothing. I was like, oh, okay. But nobody, you know, you don't have that conversation. They're like, right. you know. Right, right, yeah. But, you t- but they're, you know, I remember talking to my dad, becoming a parent. I was like, I'm not ready to be a parent. He goes, you're going to fail a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're not ready. We've established that, the, the, at least I think we have. We all the, need therapy. The, there's that. Yeah. <laughs> Patrick's like, wishing well is going to make it really good here. <laughs> so the, the jump or the, the bridge between judgment and empathy for parents, especially of a certain age, is 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 it sizable? It's a sizable gap mm-hmm. that they have to make, and if those parents aren't making it, I think those children are. I'm not blaming parents, but I think the children are. In, I don't want to say endangered, but it's difficult for them. Behind right? the eight ball. Behind the eight ball. That's a good way to put. It. Yeah, they're they're behind the eight ball. So, okay, Carrie, this is the first podcast you've been quiet. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. You okay? Yeah. Yeah. Are you sure? You need to talk. <laughs> <laughs> this is a safe space. It's only being recorded. Yeah. <laughs> that's, right. that's right. So I, I have an idea, a, a comment on that, Chris. So the thing is, is let's let's look at hmm, this gap. Are we as parents, as adults in general, allowing ourselves to, like Andrew said, fail? Are like are we comparing ourselves? to our own parents and saying in our in the back of our mind or do do we operate with the thought of oh i i'm going to be better than that so much to a fault though could be that or it could be i've turned out okay so whatever got me to this point must work just copy that just copy that book baby (laughs) or even because I'm going to fit a movie quote in here now. Here we go. the movie Monster-in-Law with, uh, or not monster with um, Robin Williams. He's like a priest. Anyway, the girl's getting married, and she goes and talks to her. She goes and talks to her parents. She's like, I don't understand why you don't have it all figured out. You and Dad have it all figured out. And he's like, yeah, 20 years later. Like, <laughs> you, you didn't see the other stuff. Yeah. So we, we kind of... You know, we look at the last couple of years of our parents like, oh, you guys got to figure it out. I could do this. It's like, no, 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 no. We, we're not looking at the other side of it. Yeah, so. So, so do, do you feel at any time if you tell your, chil- tell your child or your children, hey, you know, 
I don't know that you'll lose that mm. authority figure. I'm kind of stupid. Like, could so you I tell could you be vulnerable with your child just as you would want them to be vulnerable with you? Yeah, that's a good point. So I think I can, believe it or not. Um, now that she's older, uh. whereas I think before, you know, Daddy had to be the Rock type. You know, yeah. not the Rock, the, the WWE guy, but mm-hmm. you know, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, that's you too. A little bit more of an emotional. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's you, baby. Dwayne Johnson. I'm looking at you. Dwayne got nothing <laughs> on me. Dwayne got nothing. License got to Wed is the movie, by the way. Just what? Like, License to Wed. Yeah. Ron what Williams. are you talking about? It's the movie I just referenced. <laughs> oh, sorry. Thanks for being a listener. I thought we were on Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> He's not in the movie, but there are rocks in the movie, so we'll just go count it. Gotcha. Uh, so, Piatra, I think now that she's older, yes. And, and, and quite frankly, I recall, it's funny you talked about kind of patterning um, what what you experienced? Right. I recall a pretty profound change in the relationship with my mom at or near kind of college grad. Well, college time frame, right? Right, right? And that's kind of shaping up to be the same thing with my daughter. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, are there regrets in there? Yeah, I wish. Uh, Chris, I had the same thing. I think I was so disconnected at the time that Katie was small. Um, I wish I had played more. I didn't play nearly as much. My wife mm-hmm. played a lot, and um, but you know, you know, I guess that's what grandkids are for. Hint, hint. Um, but <laughs> but I don't. I don't. Get a do-over. I don't. Yeah, exactly. It's like <laughs> getting close to heaven. So, um, but now I, I think that that's kind of shifted. Actually, I think it shifted quite a bit. Um, so hopefully that's for the better. I don't. You know, mm-hmm. to be able to be open and kind of emotionally. Right, yeah. uh, so, <clears throat> yeah, that that that's good, and, and and obviously Kate was was raised in a stable, loving environment, and then um, there was Carrie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was talking about yeah, <laughs> talking about Kimberly and Kate, but yeah. <laughs> so so, but my, when we talk about those children who are hurting, mm-hmm. um, and we go back to the discussion we had earlier, is there an an environment of mom and dad will listen and understand? Vice, mom and dad just ask, but don't care. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can see where that that difference creates a gulf between parent and child, where the child doesn't feel that they have any place to go. Right. And again, we come back to not every parent's going to be a good parent. No, but but I think it's incumbent upon parents to understand that what their children, the, the culture in which their children are living is not what they grew up with, what the parents grew up with. Right. Yeah. And to understand that the prevalence of social media and the messages being passed and the, the drive to be perfect. I'm right. looking at Piatra and her eight-year-old. Right. The dry, I was the same way. I mean, I mean that's what I grew up with, trying, trying to be perfect. Um, but I didn't have... Social media also yeah. bearing down on me yeah. Yeah. <laughs> with all the examples of people who are perfect because everything you put on social media is perfect. Mm-hmm. It's such a shame, too. I mean, just it, just again, just opening my... I mean, childhood vanishes so quickly. Right. It seems that way, that, does it yeah. not? That trying to elongate that at all right. is kind of, you know, I think it's a holy act. Um, right. But the fact of the matter is that it does end at some point, right? And so you've got to... 
at but, least begin prepping them for right. the world that they're going to engage in. Right, right, right. right. And, you know, how old was your son again? We, you, you, 12. 12 years old. Yeah. I mean, now, granted, I did the same thing, but mine were magazines that were tossed in the right. woods, right? <laughs> <laughs> that was more happenstance than it was, you know. Sure. But even then, it was still, you, you didn't get, like, the extent of what no, you were finding. No, 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 no. <laughs> right. Like soft porn. Right. Yeah, 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 pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. Tame. Very tame <laughs> compared to what you can find. Right, today. right, right. And, it, and, and, you know, situations like that where, like, that thrusts that child forward into or towards adulthood that yeah. they're not, those yeah. steps they're not ready to take. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. I'm, I'm reminded of, uh, I think it's uh, Corey Ten Boom. Who wrote uh, yeah. The Hiding Place? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was, uh, so this is um, Nazi story. Germany at the time. In the Netherlands, they yeah. Were in the, they were a Dutch family. They yeah. had some Jews. And she tells us a, a story of her, her father um, and uh, sitting on the train and he's reading a newspaper and there's some things going on there. And she's, she basically asks him, you know, what, what it entailed. And, and he uh, gets up, folds the newspaper, and pulls down the suitcase that they're traveling with and hands it to her and says, carry this. And she tries and discovers that the suitcase is too, too heavy for her. And she says, it's too heavy. And dad said, exactly. Uh, yeah. There are certain things that are too heavy for you at certain times right. and kind of oh, that's a, that's managing a, that and understanding yeah, at what point carrying. those, those things can be introduced to you. Those are so rules. have we lost that sense of appropriateness? In the, in, in the in this in the age of access to everything, of, exactly. So, what is it, you know, telling your child that that's not appropriate? Oh. Have we lost that that art of parenting where you go, look, you know, right. you're not ready for that? So, Alice Van Hild, Hild, Alice von Hildebrand, Hildebrand, uh, I think just just before she passed away, yeah. she had a um, piece where she talked about our society has gotten to the point where we fail to we don't know how to blush. Yeah. And and that's got a whole bunch of avenues to go down. Right. But basically, right. yeah, it's this thing, this sense of access to everything means that you really, you know, very little. Anyway, I remember well, no, no, it takes us off. I'm sorry. It, it does not. It does not in a sense, because I'm, I'm going back to Pietra at this point. Children, I'm going to pull in the Corey Tenboom metaphor. Children given a suitcase. Mm-hmm that used to be too heavy to carry, now they're struggling to try and carry it no matter what, right? If you think about what they're able to process and, and cope with, but we don't put any limits on it. Again, broad brush, so they're... Three times in an episode, good job. So they're carrying, or trying to carry the suitcase that they can't carry, and they don't know what to do with it, right? Does mm-hmm. that mean, can, we, can we kind of paint that scenario of, of what might push a child towards desperation of why right, obviously, right. I'm obviously not going to you know be good for this world so it'd be better without me yeah so it, it kind of goes back to um, what we said in early on about communication mm-hmm. having that open communication you know would you how would you feel Chris if you know one of your children you know you're working day and night you're doing the best that you can in your mind you are a great father you're providing great husband you're there in the thick of things and they come up to you and they say, you know, I'm just not happy. What, whatever you're doing is not enough. You know, could you, could you handle that? 
you know, <laughs> could any of us handle that as a parent? <laughs> you know, yeah, so, so, the idea is you you want to be the best parent right, that sure. you can be. Right. Yeah. For the majority. That require a great deal of humility to step back and go. Okay, so explain that to me. Right. Vice reacting to it, and I I know that exactly. there's there's a large swath of my life where I would have reacted to that. Yeah. Vice, vice trying to be empathetic to it. And it, and you know when you get into the conversation of it again, having that open communication, it could be something as simple as going back to that love language. You know, instead of saying, "Well, look, you, you have the home. You know, you have your own room. You have your your game, your computer, your." phone and everything else that you want. You have a TV in your room. I didn't have that. Or, you know, you start comparing your childhood to your, you know, your children's childhood, right? And then you, you get that frustration in there. Mm-hmm. So, so what do you do with that? How do you manage that? So, like you said, you know, taking that step back and just kind of being open-minded to what is it that you're missing? Because obviously it's not gift-giving, you know, my mother was a gift giver, but that's not how I receive, you know, love at all. I'm like, thank you. I mean, giving right. me car keys at 13. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> giving me a cell phone. Was it a Buick? <laughs> that I ran over other kids. <laughs> you know? That's how the kid got some 13 year olds driving a Buick. Way to you know? go, Pietro. Way to go. Are, are we, and, and then you have to look in, in, in the contents in which you're giving the gift, you know. Mm-hmm. And I asked him, like, I'm 13. What, what do you want me to do? Like, what are we preparing for? Are we preparing for a heist? Something's like, happening? What, yeah. what are we about to do? Baby driver. <laughs> right. right. But my, my love language is words of affirmation. Gotcha. That's not something that kids are taught. Early on, right, right, so right. they're confused. The parents are confused because we're just not having that dialogue anymore. I mean, I look. It's know, audio; my, they can't see. My oldest daughter <laughs> is about to give birth. Yeah, and it's a, it's um. As we have this discussion, it raises a lot of, I guess, questions yeah. uh, more than anything else. And not that I'm questioning my daughter and her husband's ability to raise a child, just. The things that these child, this child is going to face mm-hmm. yeah. that I don't have insight into, really. Right. Um, very interesting. Very interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm thankful that most of my kids um, grew up pre, you know, internet, pre social media, um, and that was introduced to them when they were a little bit older. Um, I know that the two youngest ones are, are kind of. Of that generation. Of that generation. Yeah. And there's a there's a difference in, in the way they interact with that technology. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, but it also goes back to what you said earlier. Like, you don't have to know everything. Correct. Right? Correct. Right. You don't have yeah. to know everything. So maybe you didn't grow up with financial ability or, you know, but it's okay because maybe you have a friend who has a friend. Right. Let's teach our kids to network. Mm-hmm. And if we are unsure about an ability that or an inability that they might have, let's get them connected. Maybe you don't know, you know, are you secure enough as a parent to say, you know what, I, I really don't know about that, but let me make a call. So you're you're freaking good, by the way. <laughs> because that ties it. Wishing well. Elon Musk beat us into wishing well. So that ties into the discussion we had previously about, you know, as adults, do you have those networks? Are you vulnerable within those networks? Have you created a circle of people 
with whom you can be vulnerable. Yeah, take that mask. Take down. that mask yeah. down. Yeah. And that, I, I, I'm wondering how many parents live in the world where they feel like they've got to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that until just what you mentioned. Like, oh shoot, I can I can see, I can see where if parents have bought into that mantra of they've got to know everything, they've got to be perfect. Yeah. Then that means that Sally's got to be perfect, and if she's coming to me with problems. I have a choice: I can either face the problems or ignore them because we're perfect. We don't got no problems. We ain't got no problems. <laughs> I got you. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right, keep going. What, do you, what else you want to talk about? So let's talk about this brain thing, right? What brain? I wish you guys could see their faces <laughs> on their like deer headlights. I think we went back like oh, way back. Yeah. Let's talk about this brain thing from an hour ago. Kind of look at my notes here. <laughs> so, so let's talk about how are we exercising our minds? Okay. Are we teaching our children to exercise the mind? Like how? how? Exercise how? Are we meditating? Treadmills. Are we working out? Oh, dang it! Are we eating healthy? Ha ha ha! You know, but so, are we recognizing within ourselves our own stress? Are how aware are you of your stress levels? And what are you doing to manage those? Manage those right. 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 So again, we go I'm back a to dad. Yeah. Stress is what I do. <laughs> I think that I got that on a coffee mug. I think yeah, stress is what I do. It's interesting because that that does go back to modeling, right? Yeah. So if your children stressful business don't see you managing stress. Mm-hmm. Right, you know, taking time in the morning for prayer, meditation, right. taking time to exercise, taking time to talk to your spouse. If they don't see that, and they don't. They don't. They may not f- see the value in it themselves. Right. So, in talking about prayer, meditation, right, you have two sides of it. So, um, the non-religious side of it, it would be examples of the secret. Right. Everybody heard of the secret. No, not Victoria's, right? <laughs> I heard she's got a secret. Am I wrong? Oh, Vicky. Yeah, Vicky. Well, Vicky has been replaced by uh, <laughs> Rihanna. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Let's get to that Fenty. Oh, nice. Well played. Well played. See, she fits right in. All right, go. I don't know what the secret is. Okay, so the secret, the, it's, it, they have a documentary on Netflix, and then it's also a book. Um, basically in there, they talk about how you should manifest the lifestyle you want. And you do that by asking or petitioning to the universe. And then you must believe, right, that it's going to happen. And then you have to be patient and and you wait for that. And then on the spiritual side of that, we're, you know, talking about prayer and having Mm -hmm. faith, you know, are we petitioning to, to God or whoever it is that you believe in? Right. Um, I, I myself, I pray um, to God. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. are you believing what you put out in the universe? Are you meditating? Do you take the time to center yourself? So I, th- I mean, I think. Hmm. So my mom said, you know, hey, can you pray for me? And I'm like, oh, sure. And she's like. Come on, you need the practice, and I need the practice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I always thought that was funny. You, know, you need the practice. Yes, I do. Funny. And so um, I, I don't think I'm ever in a position where I probably 
where I'm, I'm, I prayed enough or something no, like no, that, right? No. Um, and Paul teaches that all men ought to pray at all times, right? So correct, we're always correct. kind of doing that. But isn't it, um, isn't it Thessalonians that says, "Ask, ask God, and then I will be ready. His His gifts will hunt me down and far exceed that." What you What you expect? Yeah, shaking down, yeah. running over. Yeah. Um, so I think that. Um, I think I maybe, and I don't want to sound haughty, I think I do a, a pretty decent job at that. Everything else I fail at. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> I got some to work on. So, yeah, so, so how do you how do you talk to yourselves, guys? Like, because that's important oh, to like, uh, self speak is huge. Yes, right, I agree. Right, self talk. Yeah, yeah. Because it can it could be negative. It could be positive. Yeah, no, I did not learn that until about a year ago, two oh, years really? ago. Yeah. yeah so. The impact of self speak. Yeah. So I, I, you talk about being judgmental. I correct people. I mean, like, stop speaking that mm-hmm. negative garbage into your life. Right. Stop it. Right. Um, and of course, there are times, though, when, you know, I'm down in the dumps or something. Right, like right. Because right, we're all human. Things, but, yeah. uh, right, right. But yeah. I, no, think, I think you're absolutely right to be huge. able to. Be, it's, it's sometimes, I, I know that I've done it in the past as a, an attempt to be humble, but not recognizing the damage when you go, ah, oh, I'm such an idiot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you recognize you made a mistake. Mm-hmm. It's different. Words mean things. It's my favorite saying. It's Carrie's favorite saying. Words mean things. There's a difference between saying, oh, I've made a mistake there. Vice, oh, I'm an idiot. Yes. Mm-hmm. Two different things. Right. Totally. Right. Language is important. <laughs> yeah. I did not fully understand that quite frankly until I met started talking to Andrew in depth about, you know, yeah. and several things that he, he talked about. So I, I, I get that. And that's huge because trying to instill that, and I was late to the game instilling that into my children. Um, but I've done a better job of that, to be honest with you. But that's huge. Mm-hmm. Self-speak is huge. Right, right, right. I hadn't thought about that. You know, and, and biblically speaking, you know, the, the Bible says it, it's, it's principle, you know, as a man thinketh. So is he, yeah. you know, out of the abundance of In the heart, heart. Yeah. yeah, the mouth wow. speaks. Yeah, 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 so yeah. what are you saying to yourself? You know, <sighs> if you if you think you can do it, and if you think you can't, both are true. True statement. Yeah, yeah. but you know, what are you saying? What are we teaching our children um, about positive self talk and negative self talk? You know, hey, you know, our, so clinically speaking, it's let me give you guys a clinical term. Go reframing. Right. So it's basically taking it's the idea of taking something that a person sees in a negative sense and just changing it and tweaking it into a positive. You want to give them a different perspective on what they see, you know, that outside looking in so they can see it as a positive. We do that with the phrasing. I don't know how to do that. I always correct and go, you just haven't learned how to do it yet. Exactly. Right. 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 Yeah, it's it's important. Yeah, it's, it's definitely important. So I can see going back to the topic of suicide. <laughs> I can see the importance of that when your child comes to you and says, "You know, I'm not pretty and nobody likes me." Mm-hmm. You know, I'm speaking from the female side. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> the importance of reframing that discussion um, and getting to the root of that. So what do you mean you're not pretty? Well, I don't look like so and so, you know. And, and have and that's a hard discussion to have. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know that I've had to have that discussion, 
but I can sit here in my head and have that discussion in my head and how difficult that would be if your daughter comes to you and says sure. that. Yeah. Okay. But again, I just keep peeling on it. That requires or assumes that you've created the environment in which she can come to you mm-hmm. right. and say those things to you, right. which goes back to Andrew's point about culture and leadership right. inside the family. But you know, reframing that to, all right, so you're not blonde and whatever. And, right. You know, uh, I don't know how to do that. Do I don't not know. buy beauty magazines. They yeah. Only make you feel ugly. Yeah. I think yeah. I, I tell, again, from a business standpoint, but it seeps into people's lives. Start with your own four walls first and then market yourself. So when mm-hmm. people, you know, if you're confident, you know, in yourself, people pick up on your swagger. And they go, oh, well, he's confident. Being comfortable I'm, in your skin. Yeah, be comfortable yeah. In, your, in your skin. Be comfortable in you. Be comfortable in, you know. And then it, it kind of, it it just, for lack of better phrasing, markets itself just because people watch what you right. do. Right, we go back to, again, the leadership inside the family mm-hmm. where the family nurtures and encourages that kind of comfort in themselves. And, I mean, I don't, if you're not... If you as a parent don't know how to do that, then you don't know how to pass it on to your children. Right. Right. For sure. Yeah, yeah. But if you don't fix it as yourself, Correct. you're not going to be able to fix it on your children. Absolutely. Right, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Right. And, you know, so you can see the, the thin ice upon which that child, that troubled child, is walking if, mm-hmm. if it's if they're, if, if they're in a family where that's not being modeled and encouraged, not to blame the parent, I'm not blaming parents. I'm right, just right. saying that if it's not there, they don't know how to do it. They're not comfortable with their own skin. They can't pass it to their children, and it's horrible. Right, it's horrible. Right. Also, from the standpoint of social media, I'll say it, but there, it's not one. You know, it's not one issue a day like a sitcom. It's you know probably one issue every thirty minutes. Because, right. Correct. Oh, I follow this person and they're dealing with something. I follow this person and then I have this thought and I have deal. So even as a parent, I mean, your struggle to comprehend and be able to battle all those battles has got to be. I, I, it's in, incomprehensible to me. It, it is. That's a good point to put it. It's incomprehensible to, to understand how the average child today mm-hmm. is taking all this in mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and processing it right. and essentially judging and comparing themselves to false standards. Right. And not just um, social media, just media in general, mm-hmm. you know, things on the news, you know, things that they're hearing, yeah. you know, on the radio and music and just talk shows, you know, you, you really just have to have that conversation. I mean, but you, you have to bring you have to be above, like, the whole Johnny Depp situation and the things that are coming out in that trial. Mm-hmm. You hear a lot of people just calling this woman. They're like, well, she's, she's crazy. It's like, okay, you need to, instead of saying she's crazy, she needs to seek mental help. She needs to reach out. You don't just write her off. I mean, it's easy to write her off because some of the stuff she says on the stand, you're just like, mm, you, you're kind of crazy. But if you're, if you're relaying that to a child, you can't, you can't speak in negative sure. terms. You have yeah. to speak in, okay, well, they need to seek mental help. And then from a, I would assume so that they go, oh, well, that person needs to seek mental help. Maybe some of the things that I'm struggling with and the craziness in my head, I need to seek help too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so again, about that vulnerability piece, like are we being vulnerable even with ourselves to say, you know what, I'm just not being a good parent right now and I need help. How many of us are, are really doing it? No, 
<laughs> no. And I, and I will say that there are probably been times when I definitely need to talk to somebody. I'll be, I'll be that honest, yeah. So what you brought up about, um, well, maybe it was you, Andrew, or maybe, maybe it was the both of you, Andrew and Chris, what you were saying about um, having children grow up, you know, in the household where the, the parents are warm and then, you know, you have the, the ones that are hurting where they're cold. So that's called epigenetic. Epigenetics is where you you can reverse. It's it's all about the DNA, right? So it's it's hereditary, right? So if let's say my grandmother had depression, anxiety, and bipolar and whatever, whatever, and then my mother um, had this learned behavior and picked up some things from her, and then whatever she learned from her mother, my grandmother, she passed on to me. Right, and let's say that was a cold mother. Right, um, I love you, mom. She's sweet. So let me just put that out there for her. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm following. I'm following. Yeah, yeah. So, so let's say you know my mother was you know very cold and you know did not talk to me and anything like that. Well, I wouldn't be able to learn that from her because she didn't know. Correct. And she never got help. Correct. But epigenetics says that. If we are in today's society, um, let's say networking, right, mm -hmm. then I can be paired with someone, let's say my best friend's mother, mm -hmm. right, who mm -hmm. is warm. Right. And so I would learn those skills from my best friend's mother and change the DNA code that was given there to me. Go. Right. So that's epigenetics. Right. You have to recognize it in yourself. Yes, but it's more called to communion again. Yeah. Or it's broken someplace else. You're, you're feeling. Right. Right. You're setting it up and, and making it right yeah. with whatever tools you've got someplace else. Yeah, I, I, there's a there's a, an awareness, self-awareness there that you have to recognize, I think, that you have to recognize that it's missing, right? Right, yeah, yeah. I got to carry your gun. Yeah, you definitely have to recognize yeah. that. And yeah. you, you have to be honest enough to say, hey, I don't know. Right, right, yeah. which is interesting. Um, the ability to... Yeah. So understand what you didn't receive. And again, not casting aspersions or blame mm -hmm. for that, just recognizing it. Right. And moving forward with the thought, the intention of being different. Right. Right. Okay. So, no, I mean, I'm sorry, Andrew. Go ahead. The, I think one of the universal truths is I, I just haven't found anyone to break it is that. Parents want a better life for their kids, right? right. Correct. And so, um, so it, I think what we're talking about is is more work to be able to to have that for them or get that there, you know, for them. And, right, right, right. Um, sh sure, it'll be well worth it. Uh, yeah. Greatest thing you ever accomplish in life is your kids. Yep. Absolutely. I told I told you the story. Of the CEO, like, had this huge. It's, or, no, I'm sorry. It was an admiral, but like he he went to his retirement ceremony and he had this bit. They read off this like three page resume and all these things, and he stood up and says, "I appreciate all that, and then it's really great." But the greatest thing I ever accomplished, and he points down to his kids. He goes right there, and people were like, "You had this amazing career, yada yada yada." It's like that's it right there. Yeah, kind of yeah. puts it in perspective. Yeah, it yeah. sure does. Sure does. Uh, so that article. Um, the generation betrayed in the spectator world talks about the 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 fact that these millennials coming out of, of college are facing a situation for the first time in generations where they probably won't be better off 
from their parents. Financially. Just in general. Right. So it creates a a stress that a lot of them don't know how to deal with, right? That that they can't process. And, you know, I think probably is going to start, we're going to, and maybe Patrick can talk to this, start seeing a, um, an effect on parents where they recognize that their children are struggling and there's nothing, a whole lot that they can do about it. And that creates inner turmoil for parents. And I wonder if we'll start seeing issues there. I hope not. I really do. But I can, after the discussion we've had, I can see that snowball of, well, shoot, you know, my, my kids graduate college are struggling. I, I don't know what I can do. Sometimes all you got to be is a positive word. Uh, Together we will get through this. Together mm-hmm. we will back to those you know, uh, that positive self talk. Yeah. yeah, I mean not even yeah. not even positive. So I mean, I took there are a lot of times in my life when I wanted to quit, and I've called my dad and I've gone, "All right, I'm going to quit," and he goes, "Okay, you can do that." Or, and it's just the positive, you know. I, there's nothing I can do to help you. That reassurance. Yeah. I did literally nothing I can do. It's not my skill set. I don't understand. I got, but here's some positive words, and then mm-hmm. you kind of go, "All right, I got this." Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah, I hope so. Gotcha. Well, things are always going to get better, and if you're at the, you know, if you're at the bottom, just remember the only place to go is up. And if you talk to people and you communicate with people, somebody's been there, and they climbed out of that hole, and they've done it, and you know, together, together we will get out of this. But nobody's going to get through this journey alone. But I, I'm, I'm going to bet a substantial amount of money that Pietra's talked to people who cannot see that. Who who cannot see that right, there is right, right. there is a a light at the end of the tunnel, a, a a way out of the hole. Who who absolutely have psychologically, you know, committed to nothing's going to get better. Right, and yeah. it's no fault of their own. That's just where they are. <coughs> and how do you? What do you do? Hmm, that's that's a tough one. I know. Um, I know. It's basically just just having that compassion you know and just letting them understand so if if we're talking about from a clinical standpoint you know as a therapist that person comes in and they're seated and you know like you said with the example nothing is going to change it's always going to be like this so so then you want to ask some questions well was there a time when something wasn't like this get them to thinking well mm, yeah you know I remember okay Let's, let's stick with that one. What happened? What did you do different, right? So clinically, you know, it, it's a lot of different theoretical uh, ways that, you know, they express that, right? Mm-hmm. But again, it all really boils down to you being human and allowing that person that you're seated with to know that you are human. I tell every client, listen, I am not perfect. I know I'm the therapist. I have two therapists myself. And they sit there and they're like, what? You have to, yes, I do. I have a professional therapist, you know, and I have a personal therapist because I'm still a human being. I still make mistakes. You know, I still need help. I'm still learning. So it's all about accepting, you know, that idea that, you know, we're evolving. Again, are you being flexible with yourself? Are you being flexible in your family? Are you being vulnerable with yourself? Are you being vulnerable in your family? Or if you don't have a family, if you want to say, ah, I've never had that. Okay, who do you have? Mm. Well, you have me now, so. There you go. Wishing well. <laughs> Wishing well. <laughs> so that 
I mean, it kind of segues into the role of the counselor. We've talked about, you know, things that, that propel people to suicide. Mm-hmm. We've had a good discussion, but now we're talking, and you've just kind of opened that door up. Okay, counselor. What's the role of the counselor? What, I mean, what, what, uh, so, so what can someone expect? I know, I know it's, it's generic, but, I mean, someone comes in and says, I'm, I'm having a hard time coping. What, what kind of things can they expect? Because I, I guarantee you there are a lot of people are like, I don't know if they went about counseling. Right, Do they have right. the couch thing? Yeah, because if you can take, like a, if you could take a nap, it's like a chase lounge. If counseling is napping, I'm, I'm in. Yeah. Do I bring my own pillows? Or do you I'm just kidding. Those? My daughter's going to kill me. Piatra's going to cross the council <laughs> and kill me. She's, She's like, these guys are. I had no idea she was carrying a knife. Can I, bring my, <laughs> can I bring my favorite blanket? That, that is hard to to answer because sure. every therapist is different. Absolutely. So Absolutely. Um, in school, you know, the, the one of the few things that they want you to understand is the role of the counselor. And across the board, what is important is to build rapport. Get to know the person. Um, and then the, the next thing they want you to do is to identify, you know, who you are as a therapist. You know, what is, what's your thing? Mm-hmm. You know, are you just specific to children? Do you do couples? You know, do you do just individual adults? You know, are you into um, abuse or substance abuse? You know, sexual abuse. What, whatever your thing is, play therapy, art therapy, music therapy. You know, the list goes oh, my on. I want to do music therapy. That's cool. Um, okay. Um, do you find that? Again, broad brush. Mm-hmm. That people come into therapy, are they instantaneously willing to open up and let it all fly? No, <laughs> I wouldn't think so because it's 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 a hard thing to become vulnerable. You're not used to being vulnerable. It is, and then it's a societal stigma of if you go to therapy, you're crazy, and that's not the case. That's why I go because I'm crazy. Which part? Yes. <laughs> Pretty sure you're crazy. It's good looking, but crazy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can't say that with a therapist in the room. <laughs> no, nine times out of ten, um, everybody is guarded. And that's just the natural process with um, any human being. Let's take the idea of therapy out of the window, right? Let's just look at it as just meeting a new person. When you meet a new person, you're guarded. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. don't share your life story. Yeah. You True. know. Unless you're a Catholic. I was just saying, unless you're Carrie. Unless you're Catholic. You go to confession. Listen, my, my dad was a Catholic. Oh, and, and my mom grew up. My mom, my dad was a Catholic. My mom was Baptist. So oh. I had this dichotomy wow. of. Yeah, it was, it was weird. Yeah. Wow. It's like, What's your confession today? Uh, uh, and then my mom on this is like, just pray and say, you know, God, yeah. please forgive me. <laughs> it's weird. But anyway, I digress. Yeah, fights there. Yeah, yeah. So there has to be, I guess, an, an element of trust building in those sessions where they understand that, okay. Yeah. Right, and, she, and, and sometimes She's not going to judge you. me. Trust falls. Trust falls, exactly. Mm. That's why the couch is there. Exactly. So you could trust fall on the couch. About the couch. So every everybody's, you know, 
office is, is set up different. I do have a couch. Uh-huh. We have couches at Wishing Well. There you go. They so provide pillows. <laughs> there you go. I'm there. Bring your own blanket. Bring your own blanket. I keep going because this is fascinating. Because again, I'm going to bet that there are a lot of listeners who just don't understand what happens in counseling. I mean, I be honest with you. I mean, hypnosis. I'm sure hypnotherapy is a thing, right? The jokes are only funny if you let them keep rolling. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Buick therapy? Buick. It's not funny when you go, actually, that's a thing. <laughs> that's a thing. Oh, well, there you go. Okay. Anyway, keep yeah. going. <laughs> Again, Piatra's questioning her life choices. At this point. Why am I on this podcast? Why am I here? Exactly. Three new clients. I need to see someone in <laughs> <laughs> So is it? I mean, so should we all be in therapy? Is that? I mean, is that? Therapy is good. It is just an outlet that mm. is outside of your own family. Let's say you and your wife had a fight last week, and you're uncomfortable. We never have fights. <laughs> you're uncomfortable oh, processing boy. it, or you don't know how to process. It. You don't know where to start. So you, you, and you just have to get some things out. You know, you don't really want to go to your friends because. Maybe your friends look at your marriage as the all-American perfect marriage. Right, right, right. And so it, it would be, you know, okay. to them it would look weird. Okay. Like, oh, you have problems. Like you, you are. So what you should do is go on a podcast and talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> so, again, Petra has a way of, of, of presenting things that, that kind of, in my head, bring things into focus. We've talked That's about what the, therapists do. We've talked about the, well. again, let's go back to Elon we'll talk Musk. the male. <laughs> come on, come on to the show. We'll go meet at Wishing Well. <laughs> You're gonna lose your train of thought. You no, better not. go. No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> we've talked about before about men and having that circle of friends with whom you can be vulnerable. I've done it four times now. And we're then, on a roll. We're on a roll. So that is important. Right. There are there are there should be a Places, and I'm talking about maybe the three of us in the room, the three yeah. men in the room, yeah. Yeah. where we can have frank discussions right. yeah. about issues that men face. And that is a form of therapy. I'm going to call it, right. go on, that is a form of therapy. Yeah. But there comes a time when that won't suffice. And I think you brought up a great <coughs> point where, well, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure it's something I want to talk to them about. Right. I'd feel more comfortable talking to someone who's a stranger but would still hit, listen to me. And I can right. now, and my wife and my oldest daughter are probably applauding. They're like, oh, I can, about time you caught up, Chris. <laughs> but I can now see the value, not that I didn't see the value, but I see the place of therapy in that setting of, I simply want to deal with this outside of this group of friends that I have. Right. I want to deal with it with someone who can help me and then maybe once I learn how to deal with it myself, I can go back to the group and say, I've dealt with this. I may pass that on. Right. That's a beautiful thing that you do. Five times. <laughs> Elon, help us. <laughs> I quit. You're done. <laughs> Got it. You Come can on, Chris. Some words of affirmation. Finish <laughs> that statement. <laughs> That's right. So Pietro has, has, has... I am smart. <laughs> <laughs> Don't lie to yourself. I am pretty... <laughs> And by God, people, people like, like me. Why do you go, Stuart? Nice job. <laughs> Stuart's mine. I, I really like the way that you presented it because... Stop talking with your hands. You're going to keep hitting microphones. <laughs> I'm not even Italian. I'm over here doing the hand thing. Um, 
So I like the way that you, you've presented because it, it has opened up a different way of looking at it for me. And again, not that I was anti-therapy, but like, oh, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. It's, it, I think if, if people could hear this and talk to you about it, it seems much more accessible than, you know, I'm crazy. I need to go see a therapist, right, right. which is the stereotype. It's, be- it's beautiful. It really is. It's beautiful. Not the stereotype. No. The stereotype's not beautiful. <laughs> and not you too. <laughs> Just saying. I'm pointing to two guys in the room. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. <laughs> Carrie's thinking of a rebuttal. Hang on. No, no. I'm not. No. I'm not. No. <laughs> I'm thinking this was really good. I, I Look, you know, I went into wishing well. This is Chris's idea, by the way. I went to, into wishing well on a whim, you know, um, and uh, uh, the reward is worth more than I could ever thought you know, for yeah. Pietro to step up and, Thank you. and do this. What Thank I'd like guys. to do is, is you know, consider you to be someone we can have on the show again. She's um, considering, she's reconsidering that thought. Yeah. Like, <laughs> she's like, I'm going to move. <laughs> <laughs> I'll text her, she'll go, hey, new number, who this? Who this? Oh, you go to wishing well, going to be like, no, she's working. Uh, <laughs> we know speak her English. <laughs> That is culturally insensitive. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> we are definitely getting canceled. There you go. Elon, help us. Elon. Yeah. Yeah. Wishing well. I guess. Wishing well. <laughs> she is, she's like fit right in. She's become one of us. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> she's assimilated. Beautiful. Um, That's I, I hope you would consider doing it again because it's, it's been an absolute It was very uh, yeah. informative and yeah. Um, so you, st- you, you stepped in the breach with no fear, and, and it's turned out wonderfully. I oh, I was scared. Were you really? My anxiety was through the roof. What? Really? Yes, therapists have anxiety yeah, too. Did, but you covered it, it up didn't really show well. at all. Yeah, yeah. You fit right in. It's beautiful. That's what therapy does. It uh, teaches you coping skills. Uh, wish you well. Wish you well. Wish well. Any parting words, gentlemen? <laughs> Any parting words? Well. Besides wishing well? <laughs> Elon <laughs> Musk. <laughs> What are you doing? I want to pour. What's going on? What's happening? What? Huh? What? Yeah. Um, great stuff. Yeah. So, look. The takeaway. Right? Some takeaways. Nobody's perfect. Except mm-hmm. for me. Ah, <laughs> uh, Andrew. Oh, boy. We need to talk to you. <laughs> I say that to people all the time. I'm like, you know, you, you think I'm perfect? Simply because you're not my wife. <laughs> Here's my card. Here's my card. Um, and I, and I, you know, this whole show was was based on events, real life events. Right. And um, you know, what do they call it? The permanent solution to a temporary problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't yep. want to. I don't want to be trite, but yep. if if there's Anything that you can do to reach out to somebody, if you're ever thinking about taking your life, please do. Because, I mean, I don't know. I don't. Yeah. Know, I don't know what to say. Uh, call wishing well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah call somebody. Reach yeah, out. Call to somebody. Reach out Absolutely. to somebody. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. So here's, here's my. Uh, oh, oh, oh. Go. Go. Wow, Chris. Go ahead. Here's my ending. This is a quote John F. Kennedy said, one person can make a difference and everyone should try. Perfect. Thank you. Yes. The suicide prevention 
um, Lifeline is available 24 hours, seven days a week at 800-273-8255. Can we hear that number again? Again, that is 800-273-8255, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And you work for? I work for Wishing Well. Offices in? Offices in Suffolk, and the Suffolk location is 707 Jitters Street. Gittings. There we go. Gittings. Gittings Right down the road. Yep. And that number is 757-514-3248. The Western Branch location is 4037 Taylor Road. That's Suite A. And that number is 757-777-9336. Wishingwellcounselingcenter.com. Beautiful. Perfect. Well done. Thank you. You are Thank a you. pro. Thank you. You can come back anytime, though. All right, yes. guys. Well, that's it for today. We hope you enjoyed listening to us weave our way through all of today's topics. If you have something to say, good or bad, we'd love to hear from you. So drop us a line at comments at theupsetpicks.com or hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook and check out our daily Chasing the Dog video on our YouTube channel where we will give out our top dog play of the day. Don't forget to give us a thumbs up and hit subscribe. Also, visit our website, theupsetpicks.com, all one word. We have packages for every level of interest. From Carrie, Andrew, Chris, and the entire Upset Picks team. Thank you for listening to us. Go all over the place. Be blessed, be smart, and be bold. And make sure to join us next week for some more wit, whiskey, and wisdom.